LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Happy Christmas. Yes, I know you'd be thinking that was slightly odd. I thought it was slightly odd when I turned on QVC the other day. And there they are flogging these naff teddy bears with the most peculiar couple that you've ever seen. Oh, here's today's Charlie Bear. Ooh, scary things. Made in China or wherever they are. And they're sort of doing them for... Better order them now for Christmas. I mean, the, the presenters on that section of the show were even more barking mad than the people flogging these things. I mean, we're not even at... I mean, I love Christmas, don't get me wrong. I'm a Christmas person. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the first person to go, yeah, deck the halls with boughs of holly. But I don't want to watch people flogging your naff teddy bears. I mean, really naff teddy bears. They go, and here's today's chart. They, they talk to them as if they're real. What are teddy bear collectors? Are they arctophiles? Is that a teddy bear collector? Something like that. Either way, whatever it is, these people are slightly cracked in the head. And so they flog in these horrible-looking teddy bears. They look scary, most of them. Oh, and he's so soft. At- Leave it alone! Leave it alone. It's horrible. Anyway, nice to have you company. I trust you are uh, well this morning. I know what you're saying. It's Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday. Thank goodness, yes, arctophiles. I thought they were. It is, it's like bell ringing is campanology. Why, just, why can't we call it just bell ringing? Stamp collecting is philately. What's that got to do with stamps? Philately. We've got strange things. So that's why a teddy bear collector is an arctophile. I mean, I understand why people have got, but these Charlie bears are horrible. I've never seen anything that looks so vile in my life. And apparently they, they, they've now hit on something brilliant. And the, the woman sort of looks at the camera and goes, and we'd like to thank all the people who support us because we're going to have astrology. But I'm thinking, you're barking mad, aren't you? They're absolutely... They look... He, he's got permatan and looks slightly worrying. And she just sort of stares into the camera with her funny glasses on. And I'm thinking, oh, there was a bloke on Deal or No Deal yesterday. Again, I thought we'd seen the end of silly people showing off on the television. We had, we had a Thai woman who was there with her husband. And when the £100,000 disappeared from Noel's Deal or No Deal, she burst into tears. I thought, oh, God, she's quite clearly remedial. Quite clearly remedial. I, thought, I, I can't remember what she ended up. I ended up switching off. She was so drippy. And uh, you get people on quiz shows, don't you? Some are very good. Some are not very good. And there's that lovely woman who I like who does Country File, whose name I can't remember, and they now give her a quiz show on ITV. How many times do I have to tell ITV, women presenting quiz shows don't work? They do not have the gravitas. They do not have the, the persona that you need to be a good quiz show host. For good quiz show hosts, you have to look to the Bob Monkhouses, you have to look to the Les Dennises, you have to look to the John... Well, maybe not John Leslie. Um, and Whittacombe, the biggest pile of rubbish you ever saw on the television. Short, little, dumpy, unattractive woman cannot present quiz show. There's an art to doing it. That's why you don't hear Anne Whittacombe on the radio. Because she's got one of those very strange sort of voices. That's why you don't hear her on the radio. You know, to be honest with you, there's certain, you know, a number of other people... I saw that dreadful woman the other day. What's her name? We can't remember her name now. Who's the one who does on the bid television or something? Whose name the producer always remembers, but I can't remember. Sally Jacks. Oh, dear. What a... It's, it's not a sex change, is it, by any chance? I only ask because it's sounding more like a navvy every day. This screechy, horrible voice. This, I mean, I don't know how old she is. Very difficult to tell. Very difficult to tell. I've, I've tried to count the rings around her neck. Oh, dig. Is that Sally Jacks? It can't be. Tell me it's not. God in heaven. She can... <gasps> when she was doing her sort of like Bucks Fizz kind of thing. I mean, that must have been about 40 years ago. 
the producer's got a, got an obsession with her. And uh, what was the fee from? I love the fee from. What was that thing before said fee from? And it looked like 35 that there. Wait a minute. Sally's a true professional. Oh, you can get her for 350 quid. That'll be 2.45 minutes and a backing track. Oh, God in heaven. She's got an excellent 80s show with dancers. Keep her off the television. Thank God she's never made it on the television. Poor soul, honestly. And you can get her for 350 quid. My God, she's cheap, isn't she? She's just, well, it explains it, doesn't it, really? It does explain it. Uh, anyway, so I was watching that yesterday on the television. Then we sat to stuff with the Charlie Bears and the peculiar couple that present them as if they're real, which I would think is slightly odd. And, um, and what else did we have yesterday? Oh, yes, Prince Harry went to visit the um, little baby and stuck his sixpenneth in, going, you know, he, he's, he's cuddled his nephew George, and the baby cried the whole time. You can understand it. Scary Uncle Harry is here, the one who took his clothes off in Las Vegas, the one who's the bad sheep of the family. Uncle Harry says he's actually... He said, I'll make sure that Prince George has some fun. Darling, by the time he gets to that age, you'll be too old... You'll be way too old. You'll have to sit in and do knitting and tapestry and stuff like that. They all pop, they've all popped in to see him, though, haven't they? They've all been round there. Unfortunately, they've also had um, the, uh, the overexposed Pippa Middleton. Oh, look, woman with big bums arrived. So you can imagine this poor baby. I mean, you could do such a good spoof, couldn't you, if Spitting Image was still around. I wish it was, actually. It would take away some of the dross that we got on the television. Davina McCall's coming back with a dancing show on ITV. Um, but it's this other woman from, from Country File who's doing a quiz at Julia Bradbury. She's terrible. I mean, it's so bad, this quiz show. I mean, the quiz show itself is OK. It's presented by her. Women cannot do quiz shows. We've seen it before. We, we tried to do it with... Um, and, um, and, then there was the, and none of those people worked. The only person who's remotely worked is Anne Robinson. But I don't know if you've ever been to a recording of The Weakest Link. Have you ever been to a recording of that? No, not many haven't lived. It's so slow. She's so, she's so past it that they have to say, stop, OK, now repeat this, this funny line, Anne, because she doesn't cut. It's all fed to her. It's all fed to her. And so when I saw Julia yesterday, it's Julia being Jolly Ho- Hockey Sticks Julia, which is great on Country Farm, on a quiz show. It's rubbish. But, of course, there's no end of people who want to appear on quiz shows nowadays. But the good news is that uh, Lidl... Uh, have also started unveiling their 2013 festive selection. They've got their matured Christmas pudding. Uh, they've got the noffy pie. They've got caviar for under two quid a jar. Cavi- I mean, you know, to be honest with you, if you're going to spend under two quid a jar, you quite clearly have got no idea. Uh, they're going to do a Belgian chocolate cheesecake and their popular German Stollen cake in mini portions. Well, you've been able to buy that for years. Nothing exciting about that at all. I love Stollen. I absolutely love stolen. It's 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 not for everybody. It's like what did I have the other? Oh, more of this coconut water, which I adore because it's got potassium in, and I've had it since I was a kid, and and uh, I've given it to other people. Three people recently. They've all gone. Oh, it's disgusting, terrible. Uh, plasterer Andy Barker has landed a jail sentence. Why is he in the papers today? Well, he scooped thirty-five thousand pounds on deal or no deal. He launched into an astonishing spending spree when he won the cash on Noel Edmonds' programme on Channel 4. As he splashed out on holidays, jewellery and golf trips, he'd apparently forgotten he'd been declared bankrupt five months earlier. Oh, well, that's plasterous for you, isn't it, really? He should have declared his winnings, and it, he could have paid back the 61000 he thieved, sorry, uh, owed his creditors. So, between May and June... He withdrew £29,000 from cash machines. He went plane tickets, hotels, jewellery and everything else. Um, 
Um, unfortunately, he's, he's taken all the money out, but eagle-eyed viewers watched him and then informed the authorities. Because don't ever think, you know, and that's why most of these stupids get caught out. Because somebody sees them on television and goes, wait a minute, you're a bankrupt. You just won that. Why are you not paying back? Anyway, uh, he's had to pay back 3,400 quid and they've shoved him in prison. He had hoped to start a new career as a teacher. You don't want some old charlatan like that, I'm afraid, do you, as a teacher? You don't want him anywhere near children, thank you very much indeed. You can't pay people, but I hate people that owe people money. Drives me mad. Drives me mad. To distraction, ladies and gentlemen. To distraction. So the Express have got uh, the picture of Prince Harry, who's been down there. It's all very nice. You know, it's wonderful. You get a free royal baby commemorative teacup. Worth twelve ninety nine. Well, it's not really. They just tell you that's what it's worth if you're going to buy the thing retail. And um, and family doctors want to charge patients up to one hundred and fifty quid to make an appointment. They love their medical stories. They absolutely love them. They really do. Uh, plus, we've got a gadget giveaway for today. And what else have we got? We've got loads of stuff actually. We've got your texts. We've got your emails. And unfortunately, I'm going to upset a load of people now. Sorry to say this. I'm bored witless with David Beckham. David Renterbody Beckham. His latest thing is stripping off his shirt to reveal his athletic torso in an ad for his new fragrance. This is David trying to look butch, whereas, of course, you realise when he smiles, he just looks a bit girly. And all it is, it's Renter Beckham. Bring out some perfume. And he, he says in the thing, I hope you all like it. Oh, darling. It'll be in Poundland before long. I don't know. I understand why people have bought into this ridiculous family. You know, they're exploiting more than, more than Jordan. We already stuck one doing the Burberry advert. She wanders around wearing old lady clothes and he'll just do anything for money. I'm so bored with Brand Beckham. It's a case of, you know, why doesn't he just go away? Why don't you just go away on holiday and stay there for a couple of years and then come back again? Why don't you develop a drink habit? Do something butch. As opposed to, you know, here's David Beckham taking his shirt off. Here's David Beckham doing an advert for Sky, which incidentally hasn't worked because BT have managed to pull in more people. So that was a waste of money. And now, you know, these things, he's taking his shirt off for his fans. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think so. Years ago, it was OK when he was playing football, but he's passed his sell-by on the football. And now he's just renting for just about anything you want. You know, if you want David Beckham. I begin to wonder, actually, whether or not the paper should contact Simon Fuller and try it as an experiment just to see what you could get him to do for the money. You know, could, you, could we get David Beckham to abseil, wearing nothing off the Eiffel Tower? You know, how much would that cost us? Well, let me just have a check. That'd be one million two hundred. Oh, lovely, thank you. Just to find out just how far he'd go, because he seems to do just about anything. There's not much that he, uh, that, that he doesn't do, I'm afraid. 84850, uk. We were talking about Tunbridge Wells yesterday. It's amazing how many people seem to know all about Tunbridge Wells. I'm looking forward to going. But I got a phone call from a friend of mine yesterday. I can always tell when somebody's bored on the motorway. My phone goes constantly. And uh, she'd been sitting on the motorway for an hour. She only had to do 60 miles. She was stuck on the M25. And she said it was like a giant car park. She was sober, so she phoned. So people always phone me when they're stuck on, on the M25 or any motorway. And I said, where are you going to? She said, I've just got to go a little bit further, about another 30 miles. She said, it's saying, this was at quarter past five, it's going to take me till quarter to seven to get there. I said, have you got any water in the car? She went, no. I said, have you got any fruit in the car? She went, no. I said, have you got any switch? I haven't got anything in the car. So I've just got the air conditioning on. And she was listening to the radio. And that's, I said, you've got no water. Are you mad? You know, you go out on a hot day, you take water. I've got water. If I had water, which I emptied in my bag yesterday, if you heard the free podcast, that frightened the life out of me. I obviously forgot to put the top back on the bottle. But luckily, I just emptied it on the chair, because when I got up, I had a little damp patch on the side. But no, you know, 
really matter, does it? I'm sharing that with you. It's just that if you're going out, take water. I don't know what the weather forecast is for today. I'll find out in a second. You'll hear it first on LBC 97.3. And we're back in the room. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to the uh, programme for today. It's Friday. It's 20 past four. Who cares? I mean, does it really matter it's 20 past four in the morning? Of course it does if you're up. If you're struggling to get up. And I didn't struggle. In fact, I slept all the way through to the... I woke up once, actually, once. And uh, I was I'm, at the moment... I'm falling asleep to a DVD player, or with a DVD player, because I, I just cannot go to bed or to sleep with no sound. If, if there's no noise, in the, it's just terrible. I, I, it freaks me out completely. So I've got to have noise. I've got to have the radio on, or I've got to have something going. Just the noise of the fan is not enough. And I do have the fan on in the bedroom. Uh, Ian Dale will be back with you this morning at 7 in for Nick Ferrari. He'll be speaking to Boris Johnson about what the true legacy have been... Uh, of the games, one year on. Plus, why are so many primary school pupils being expelled? And is such harsh discipline the answer? And as one London council closes its streets so children can play safely, Ian wants to know how much do you worry about your children on London streets? Does anybody let their kids play on the streets? I was looking at a film the other day. It was an old British film. I think it was on the um, uh, the Derek Bentley thing. And, of course, in those days, nobody had cars. If you found one car on the street, it would be a bit of a miracle. So kids could play in the streets. Nowadays... Can't let kids play in the streets. I worry every time I drive past a bus that some stupid child or adult is not going to run out. Because they do. They do do things like that. It, it worries me a little bit. Zoe Williams, columnist for The Guardian, will be looking at the papers this morning. Uh, Paul McCartney uh, was celebrating the other day at the Fame School. He set up in his home city. And so he gave out special honours to DJ and producer Mark Ronson and veteran label boss Seymour Stein, who gave Madonna her first deal. Am I the only person who thinks Mark Ronson is the dullest person in the entire world? Boring, boring, boring. DJs. Oh, dear Lord, save me from them, I'm afraid. Who's our page three girl today? Oh, it's Emily from Warrington. Hey, big up Warrington. One of your own is in the paper getting a kit off. Oh, he's so excited, I bet. That's really good, isn't it? Around Warrington, they'll be celebrating. It's our Emily. Our Emily's in paper with boobs out. I can't believe it. And uh, here she is. She's 23. And um, she's uh, it's giving you an all-round view of one of our legendary models. In other words, she's bleach blonde, overmade up to heck, and she's from Warrington, so she doesn't mind getting a kit off, which is uh, which is all of these people. I can't understand why anybody'd ever want to have a career a page three. It's like being a wag, isn't it? Thickest people under the sun. They're as dim as broomsticks, most of them. Uh, I hope my brother knows how much I charge for babysitting. Says uh, Prince Harry. It's lovely. And uh, he says, to make sure he has a good upbringing, to keep him safe, that's my mission as an uncle, and to make sure he has fun, the rest I leave to the parents. I think it's just butt out, mate. It's got nothing to do with you. It's not your kid. Go and have your own with somebody. Go and have your own with somebody. Because it'd be quite nice if we got another one in by Christmas. I'd like to think. I would like to think. Uh, a furious mum, Sarah Francis. There's a picture of Sarah with her tattoo. And she's got a, a son. OK, this is, this is the sort of story that gets overhyped. Okay, she's got a son, and um, she said he was barred from going to Tesco because he's got a wheeled walking frame. Sarah Francis was shocked when a security guard stopped her at the entrance. He told her, you're not allowed in with that, it's got wheels. Pregnant Sarah, big surprise, uh, apparently then said it's disgraceful. He's got um, a rare genetic disorder affecting his movement, and he needed the frame to walk. Close to tears. She looks like she'd be close to tears, this woman. Uh, she then... Uh, ignored the guard, carried on into the shop, because she's the sort of person who does that kind of thing. OK, the guard has apologised and uh, said as soon as he realised it was a mobility... He wasn't to know it was a mobility aid. I've never seen one like this. 
I wouldn't know either. And they'd go, listen, this is a shop, it's a little bit dangerous, but of course, she's done the usual thing. She's done the rant, and she's done the, you know, the screaming ab-dabs. All the kind of things that you would do without engaging your brain before opening your mouth. The security guard apologised once he realised that the little boy was disabled and let him in. Up until then, this could have been a toy. I don't know. I'm looking at the picture of it, I don't know. Luckily, they managed to get a photographer around there to take a picture of him on his frame, just to sort of add to it. And uh, Tesco, they didn't snub him, they just didn't know what it was. And the guard, and they're not the brightest in Tesco or anywhere else nowadays, they're just people who stand there, allegedly looking out for shoplifters. That's what they're supposed to be doing. And quite clearly, when you've got a big Tesco, and uh, this is a Tesco Extra, which I don't think is as big as the normal ones, you know, a kid comes, this could have been a toy, they don't know. And they're going, listen, it's dangerous, you can't bring something in like that. And then she goes, he's autistic, he's this and that. So she does her rant. And uh, she says here, I'm going to stop using Tesco Extra. Well, stop using it then. Stop using it. They made a mistake. They've apologised. End of story. What do you want to do? Drag it out forever and a day? What do you want? Money? Do you want compensation? You want compensation for this here? The spokesman said, we apologise. And said, if it was a misunderstanding, we've apologised. At first, our security guard thought it was a scooter or a bike, which are not allowed in the store. As soon as he realised it was a, a mobility aid, he apologised. So there you go. But of course, she's determined to carry on with this one. I shall never shop there ever again. Well, don't shop there then. Who cares? Nobody cares. You know, she, she got the apology and she's going to stop using them. And apparently... She was overwhelmed with messages of support on Facebook after her comments about the ordeal were reposted 2,000 times. God in heaven, get over yourself, for Christ's sake, honestly. You do worry, don't you, about the mentality of some people. He's apologised. They've apologised. They didn't know what it was. I've never seen one before. You know, and I've been around the world a few times. I love Katie Price. You know, talk about backtracking. The vile, foul Katie Price says here, I'm delighted. This is Katie Price talking. In her column today, the Botox Queen. I'm delighted that my ex-husband Pete's lovely partner Emily is pregnant too. Toss, 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 toss. I'm sure they'll take the same private approach as me, as I know she's sensibly not interested in the media business. Good on her, and good luck to them both and their little bump. Oh, isn't that lovely that Katie Price really cares? Well, she doesn't write this rubbish. This is written for her. She just goes, yeah, that'll do, yeah. It makes it look as I'm caring. Unfortunately, we all know what a horrible person she is. And she talks about um, why is the nation so loved the birth of Prince George Alexander Lewis? Well, nobody cares, love. It's like your baby. Nobody cares about your baby either. Woman has baby, OK? The difference is they've got a bit of class. Sadly, you don't. Noreen says the weather was very weird for everybody yesterday. Did you notice that? One minute. The sky is black as night, hot. Then the heavens opened, gale force winds, then the sun again. And so it dried it all up very quickly. It was, I mean, I understand how poor Neil is suffering with his hanging baskets. I mean, for me, it's like a never-ending job. I was watering them yesterday, thinking, oh, dear, there must be an easier way of doing this. You know, you do feel like saying, I tell you what, just take them all away now. I've had enough now. Now I've had enough. Now I've had enough. And there's more of it to come. Over this weekend, they've said storms are going to move in from overseas. Bit of local weather info from uh, from France. Uh, Bryn and Annie have been through two whole weeks of 100 degrees, which nearly killed us, and nighttime was miserable. We've had fans on all over the house. We've just paid for that with the most tremendous electric thunderstorm. I was awakened at 1.15 local time to a firework-like display of an electric storm. No rain, no thunder, just thousands upon thousands of flashes of light. If you can imagine a huge hall with tens of thousands of light bulbs, all of which are on the blink and flashing ceaselessly, then that describes the sky. Fork lightning, electric lightning, grease lightning. It's a grease lightning. 
Certainly bright enough to read a newspaper by. There must have been that many flashes. It was unbroken light. Suddenly the wind got up and blew all the heavy garden furniture away, and with it came torrential rain. After about 20 minutes, all the lights went out, as I suppose the local power station must have been struck by lightning. Whole area blacked out, and a village we could see about 10 miles over a valley as the crow flies had their street lights go out. Apart from the tens of thousands of flashes, there was otherwise total darkness and wind and rain. The main lights have just come on again. It's now 315 The storm is still battling on with massive flashes across the skies and roaring thunder. It really is, he said, hugely exciting. Always begins in the northwest top corner of our land and moves around towards southwest when it begins to fade. Annie and I have never, ever seen anything like that in the UK, although we were once in the eye of a hurricane in Florida, which was very interesting. Uh, That day we needed some... uh, Toilet paper. So I drove out, despite warnings not to, and the only place open was a filling station, which must be opened by law in such cases. The rain was horizontal and the wind was bending and breaking the trees. Daft, but as I said, interesting. He says, you may not think this worthy of quoting, but thunderstorms in France are in a class of their own. And as I write this, a huge bang of thunder has just roared out. We still adore your programme and we'll be listening again this morning when you wake up. As the power's been restored and the telephone works, so does my computer. Hence this email. So that's Bryn and Annie over in uh, France with the, uh, with the light. Because it must be quite... I thought myself the other day, if all the lights go out, if we have a power cut, we've had a few power cuts over here, but nothing like... If you're in the middle of France, in the middle of nowhere, and all the lights go out, it must be quite... You must have to have torches already around the place. And also, when, when the lights go out, your phone goes out, and your computer goes off, the fans go off, the fridge goes off. The one thing not to do in a power cut is open your fridge. So if it, if it goes off... Leave, leave the fridge door closed. Don't start opening it. Uh, sunny spells we get in London today. Dry and bright for most of the... Oh, it's going to be another 26 degrees. Oh, I hate it. 17 degrees at the moment, rising to 26. Feeling warm and humid. Oh, sticky shirts again. Tonight, fine through the evening. Mainly clear skies. Tomorrow, becoming cloudy. Rain moving in throughout the morning. Yeah. Thank goodness for the rain. Heavy, thundery showers developing in places later. Yeah. <laughs> All in favour of that. I was thinking about going to South End. I said, yes, I might, I might go to South End this weekend. Have sort of fish and chips on the prom or something like that. I quite fancy that. No, not you. Not you. The producer's gone quite mad. You he seemed to be quite normal a short while ago. He's gone completely barking mad recently. Keeps saying to me, jelly beans, jelly beans, jelly beans. It's, it's, like, it's like dealing with one of those dreadful robotic toys from China that won't shut up until you take the batteries out. In his case, perhaps inserting them might shut him up. Let's uh, take a short break for the news. It's LBC 97.3. It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 28 minutes to uh, five. Start of the weekend for many people. Yeah. Do you know, I nearly, yesterday, I thought to myself, because we'd, we'd had a fantasy about bringing in a Thai curry for me and Rupert. And, um, and I thought yesterday, should I buy a Thai curry and bring it in so Rupert and I can have sort of Thai curry and fragrant rice? No, just, just Rupert and I. And, um, and I thought, no. I don't know why I thought no, actually, because at the time it seemed like a fairly good idea. <laughs> fairly good idea. I see Man United being topical and doing football stories after uh, old Fergie's left. They've unveiled a new tartan away kit, or as I prefer to call it, the ripping off the fan kit. Because I think Man United is one of the only clubs that changes the kit so often. They know damn well every time they, they change the kit, the fans have got to buy it. 
And I don't know if you've seen the prices of how much you have to pay. I mean, to be honest, I've always thought there was something a bit stupid and remedial about people walking around, you know, wearing a complete kit. You sometimes see people wearing football kits to support their local, you know, Doncaster Rovers, you know, <laughs> the, the Cambridge, whatever they're called, I don't know. I'm not sure Cambridge has got a football team. And so... Called United, Cambridge United. I mean, it sounds pathetic, doesn't it, really? Cambridge United, made up of a lot of stragglers and homeless people. And uh, oh, people just want to rob the crowds. They don't actually play football. They just kick the ball in there and they just take as much as they can. And so you've got all these, all these football strips and the fans have got to go and buy it because there's no point in having an out-of-date strip. And they all turn up on football day. Don't ask me. I don't understand why they do it either. You know, I'm a supporter of the Magic Circle. I don't go round in a Harry Potter cape on a broomstick every day. But if you're a football fan, you've got to have the latest strip. And Man United, I think it was proven a while ago, they changed their strip more than any other club. And the fans have got to buy it. So it's, it's a money spinner, whichever way you look at it. And apparently they're going to unveil this one at Anfield on September the 1st. Frankly, couldn't care less. Frankly, couldn't care less. There's bigger things to worry about in life, isn't there? I should imagine. Uh, here's the, um, the ice cap at the North Pole. It's just melting away. A, an, an ice lake has become, a summer ice has become a, a lake in July. And they've got a picture in April where it's literally frozen solid. And then it changes. And they've got a picture of a polar bear going, that's it, I'm off to the South Pole. Because polar bears are only at the North Pole. And, uh, and the ice is disappearing. And this is all, you know, part of, part of showing you how things are changing within the within the climatic global picture. And it's amazing, actually. The North Pool, they're calling it now. I think it's quite uh, quite funny. Uh, who's this in the paper today? Oh, look, it's little Liam Gallagher stepping out without his wedding ring on, luckily holding his hand up so the photographer can get a picture of it, wearing... This is obviously what the best-dressed people wear in Manchester these days. Unfortunately, he lives in North London, which is a shame. Check shirt, silly little girly haircut, and, uh, and camouflage trousers. I don't know. The trouble is you can have all the money in the world and no class... That's, oh, that looks nice, doesn't it? Bit of fish here. Sea bass fillet with minted pea puree. Ugh, sounds disgusting. <laughs> Channel 4 are guilty of exploiting young British girls holidaying in Cavos who have unprotected sex. It's just to make one of these programmes again where they go over there. It's not difficult. You can find Brits behaving badly all over the place. And what they end up doing is they just go over there, behave badly, because there's a... Because the film crew, there's a camera crew on them all the time, so they don't, they don't mind doing that. Uh, Sky are launching a gadget that turns normal telly into smart TVs. So this is about nine ninety nine. I like all these different... I've got Apple TV, but I've never connected it up. I've still got it in the box. A friend of my family said, did you buy Apple TV? I said, yeah. He said, why have you not connected it up? I said, I've got no idea. No idea. Um, there's a... A picture here of a, a... Well, it's not a picture, actually. It's a story about a man of uh, a four, dad of four, who died after a massive allergic reaction after being bitten by a horse fly. Andy Batty, 48, was nipped by the insect whilst helping his daughter, Catherine, ride her pony. He collapsed in a field near their home in Brixham in Devon. He was dead before paramedics could get to him. Uh, experts said it's very rare for a horse fly bite to be fatal. And, in fact, Dr Bill Franklin of the London Allergy Clinic said, I've never come across it. I've never heard of anything like that. That is really, really bizarre, isn't it? Absolutely terrible. Um, scientists have blamed YouTube videos for helping to kill off one of the world's rarest creatures. They're said to be fueling the illegal pet trade in slow lorises. Um, because what a lot of people do, I don't know if you've ever seen lorises. I mean, they, they, they can be quite dangerous. But when people catch them, the first thing they do is rip all their teeth out. They literally take pliers and rip them out. Because there's a huge market worth, they've said... 
something like a billion dollars a year. And um, they were showing them on the television. There's this place where they rescue them. And they said most of them come in with no teeth because people have ripped their teeth out. And you think, well, I've, I've heard of people doing that. And rich people keep them as pets. And you think... It's like, do you remember that story once that we brought you on LBC a few years back when, after the meerkats became very popular, somebody went to a zoo and stole a couple of meerkats without realising that they're creatures that live together in a, in a group. They don't work by themselves. They're not going to, you know, they're, they're, they're very difficult. Luckily, they were then returned, but, uh, and somebody, I think, was actually jailed for it. I can't believe that people would actually steal something like that. Um, I agree, Julia Bradbury, Steve, should stick to presenting outdoor programmes out of her comfort zone, which is just terrible. Women, I mean, I don't mean this in any disrespecting way, but women traditionally are not quiz show hosts. They're not only good. You only look at how dreadful Anne Whittacombe was to realise. I mean, the only one who comes anywhere near is the weakest link with Anne Robinson. And even she's not that much cop. She couldn't survive in America. They thought she was dreadful over there. So, you know, it's no good just saying to somebody, I tell you what, you can be a quiz show host because it does not work. It does not work. Tom Ford is the fragrance to use. That is, if you can afford it, Steve, and you can. No, I only use the same aftershave all the time. I'm Estee Lauder Intuition for men. I've used it for about 20 years and uh, I don't change. I'm not one of those. But occasionally I might buy a Penhaligon's thing, but that's just, a, you know, that's just little sort of splashy over thing. It's it's. Uh, it's the Estee Lauder that I use. Uh, Therese Vin uh, Mitchum says, Julia Bradbury does the quiz show. I agree, Steve. Men are better at hosting. They are. I don't know what it is. It's all, it's, it just, does not, just doesn't work, I'm afraid. Um, have you been watching Amish Mafia? Never seen it. I don't even know what it is. No idea. No idea. I quite, I'm fascinated by the Amish, anyway. But the Amish Mafia, they're very forgiving, aren't they? Didn't they do a programme on Channel 4 where they took two people from the Amish community, or three people, and then put them into the modern world to see how they would cope with a pair of old scrubbers from America? And uh, the boys were horrified at how the girls behaved because they have very strict rules in the Amish community. Some go off the rails and drink and stuff like that, but in this particular programme, this was sort of boys who quite clearly had never been away from, from family, with sort of very, very strict Christian sort of upbringing... And very and so to meet these girls who I think they refer to as sluts, they were so horrified at how loose moral people have become. I thought you want to see some of the programmes they put out on Channel Five. I mean, some of these programmes about Magaluf and stuff like that. I sit there thinking, oh, dreadful. And then they go and we've sent them on holiday, and their parents are going to come and spy on them to see what they're like. And then you meet the parents, tattooed, toothless old hags, and that's just the men. And they turn up there watching their sons and daughters. Um, behaving badly, people just... Be- but I suppose that's what kids do nowadays. It makes you sound a bit fuddy-duddy and a bit old school, doesn't it, if you go, oh, it's terrible, because I suppose we all did it. We all we all did it in the early days. We all behaved badly. We all did things that, that you know, you wouldn't really want your parents to uh, to know about. Uh, Corrie's Catherine Tildesley, this is the attention-seeking and still terrible as an actress, has come under fire for attacking NHS guidelines on eating carbs. She slammed the government advice as shocking in a tweet. Stupid woman. Honestly, nothing worse than an attention seeker who's, who's just not worth the, uh, the wait, I'm afraid. She really isn't. I'm shocked by some of the nutritional advice available on the NHS. Wholemeal bread, cereal and pasta are good for you. Stupid woman. Stupid. Honestly, they don't come any dimmer, do they, than actresses? Don't ever take any notice what actresses say to you. They're barking mad. And here's Chelsea Healy, apparently on a night out from... Um, from doing nothing, apparently. She doesn't actually have a job. And uh, somebody punched her. 
She was, uh, apparently, she's a close pal of Talisa. I didn't give you any indication. I mean, I didn't even know she was still going. Poor old Chelsea Healy. Anyway, she complained, and then she broke down in tears, because it's awful. But then, you know, if you go round, you know, disport... I don't know what she's wearing here. Dreadful outfit, dreadful. Comforted by pals, then headed home. Soon afterwards, she says, so a girl thinks it's nice to punch me in the side of my head on a sly, and then run off. I seen you, you fat mess, which wish I woulda caught you tub. Wish I... Can she write? Or is this, uh, is this some sort of language? I'm not... Um, so, a girl thinks it's nice to punch me in the side of my head on the sly and run off. LOL. I seen you, you fat mess. Wish I woulda caught you tub. Wish I woulda caught you... T- Unbelievable. She's as thick as she looks. An onlooker said, Chelsea was having a drink and a dance at about 2.30. All of a sudden, this girl ran up, punched her in the face and then legged it. It was an horrible end to a good night. Perhaps she should stay in more, darling. Perhaps she shouldn't go out. So there you go. I mean, who is she? Who is she? She's nobody. Absolutely nobody at all. I don't, she wasn't anybody before. Wasn't she in some... What was she in? Water, who watched Waterloo Road? Waterloo Road? I've never even seen it. Oh, didn't she, she came up, isn't she, she appeared on some programme and then you suddenly realised that she's obviously not capitalised on it and not, never done a day's work in her life, so we've had to suffer with her, but it's not very nice if somebody comes outside a club, but then don't go to those sort of clubs, I suppose. Uh, apparently, this uh, this horsefly thing looks like a wasp and a hornet combined. I'll tell you what we've not had, we've not had the flying ants, have we? We've not had the flying ants yet. And those were all over the place, you know, you get them in your hair... And they start getting tangled up in it. Oh, dear, that freaked me out. Don't like that at all. Not very good. Uh, boy band Union J. Lovely to know that they can afford holidays in Barbados. They've only had one minor hit single, ladies and gentlemen. They must have friends in very high places. Are set to take over the Daybreak settee to give their insight into music gossip. And in the business, business five minutes, they're going to present showbiz on the sofa because... Um, uh, Richard Arnold's on holiday. Oh, good, let's hope it's permanent. Uh, the lads, George, Josh, Jamie and James, will give viewers all the latest news from the world of celebrity. The singers said, while Richard is away sunning himself on holiday, we can't wait to be in the Daybreak studio every day. It'll be a whole week bringing you the best showbiz news. So they're going to be there. Whether it'll be pre-recorded or live, I've got no idea. But uh, they've only been in the business. They're only about 12, aren't they? Something like that. And they're going to give you the showbiz gossip. Keith Lemons going to have a Laura Laura laughs. Unfortunately, most people who watch his shows don't have a Laura Laura laughs because he's uh, going to feature Cilla Black and Jonathan Ross in an updated version of Through the Keyhole. Oh, God help us from that one, I'm afraid. God help us from Through the Keyhole. Uh, Phil Tufnell has ditched junk food. I wish somebody had ditched Phil Tufnell. He's very boring, very dull. And um, who's this a picture of? Bobby Davro. Oh, God blimey. Lord save me from Bobby Davro. And also from Jenny Powell who's laughingly down as a TV presenter. She's set to find out what it takes to deliver the five-star service in a new TV show. She'll be looking at the secrets of service specialists worldwide. Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's going out on the Travel Channel, so forget that one. It's not even on a proper channel, is it? Travel Channel. It's like being on Bid TV with uh, poor old Sally. What was her name again? Oh, I've forgotten. Forgotten it. Couldn't really care less, actually. As soon as she disappeared. But you can get her for 350 quid. She'll come and perform two 45-minute sets for you, singing through. As long as she doesn't speak to you, you should be, uh, should be fine. Detectives last night waiting to quiz model Hazel, Hazel O'Sullivan. This is another bimbo who apparently is on the, uh, the Big Brother programme over an alleged uh, sex attack on her. It's all a little bit strange, actually. And uh, this is over Daly O'Dwyer's sex attack on her. So, it's, I mean, the whole thing is just ghastly people. 
just ghastly. Socialite Gina Rio. She's not socialite at all. She's not socialite at all. I mean, you only got to look at her to realise she ain't no socialite. Uh, netting. Apparently has been put around the Big Brother house ever since I revealed that people were throwing tennis balls with messages telling the housemates who's the most popular and who's the most hated. Here's David Beckham doing one of his butch looks with his shaved body as he launches his classic fragrance. Uh, in the advert, he's asked if he needs assistance, but the topless hunk replies, I have all I need. Oh, God, honestly, I'm so, so bored with the Beckham. I'm, real, I'm so tediously bored with the Beckhams. Uh, according to um, a friend of Michael Jackson. He was a secret junkie. You don't think this was the thing that Conrad was talking about the other day, where he said, listen, if you keep pushing me, I'll go into court and I'll blow it sky high. Of what, you know, what is it, what's he going to say? Michael Jackson was a heroin addict. Michael Jackson was this, the family. So who knows? Whatever it is, there can't be anything that we could ever be surprised at about any pop star who achieves that kind of mega stardom. There's nothing that would ever surprise me about Michael Jackson, unless they came back and said he was secretly a woman. You know, in which case I'd go... Yeah, OK. But the rest of it, I, I just really do not understand. I really don't understand. Oh, here's, the, uh, here's a picture of the Eccleston sisters, or as I prefer to call them, the two unemployed people, uh, on their latest overseas trip. It's tomorrow's 16th holiday this year. Good, good. As long as you stay away, dear, we don't care. Stay away. Because when your boyfriend, sorry, husband, comes back, remember, don't go to East London garages, you get robbed. All right, pop it. I just thought I'd mention it to you, just in case you're not bright enough. Pass it on to him. Pass it. Take it as a bit of advice. Uh, Davina McCall is a rather good host on Million Pound Drop. Um, yeah, I've seen Million Pound Drop. I don't like the quiz show, isn't it? It's just not exciting enough. The easiest one, the easiest one, um, the easiest quiz, which is my favourite I'll have a think about my favourite quiz, actually. I'll have a think about my favourite quiz. Over this. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. I think we've all agreed Bruce Willis is barking mad as well. <laughs> he was interviewed the other day by some Paul Radio. In fact, I've heard, heard this story a couple of times now from different people. He just doesn't seem to want to do interviews. And you think, who are you? Bruce Willis, famous for moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd. He hated her. Um, he couldn't keep his marriage together with that lovely girl who did that film Ghost, Demi Moore. He also couldn't keep her hands on Ashton Kutcher. And uh, I liked her in the film. I thought the film Ghost was great. It was totally unbelievable and rubbish. He could walk through doors, but he could and he could sit on a sofa. Doesn't make any sense, does it at all? When we like the Potter's Wheel scene, and then Bruce Willis has been giving these crackpot interviews, um, where you sort of think to yourself, "I would love to say to him, sorry, mate, let's just stop the interview here now. Okay, we're still recording it, but who are you? Some little fat bald bloke who's not a very good actor, who was in Moonlighting, who was married to Demi Moore, and that's it." OK? What else have you done that is of any... You know, because if you're doing an interview... He's done what? Die Hard. Well, that, was that a statement you're making to me or something like that? Oh, movies. Well, who watched those? Oh, I never watched them. I wouldn't watch anything like that. Die Hard movies. So it's an action pick. Yeah, but at the end of the day, there's no reason for any guest that you have in to be rude to you. You know, this poor... I, I know a woman who was talking to him, and he was so dreadful... He was so dreadful to her. I'd have turned around and gone, who are you? What gives you the right to be so rude to somebody? You know, he's just obnoxious. He was awful on the one show, admittedly. I mean, most people are awful on the one show because it's such a dreadful programme. You've got two people on there who can't present for toffee. And they, they sort of put people on there. It's no good doing the fake bit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you're really great, aren't you? You're wonderful. I mean, even Lorraine can't manage to approach. Every time you turn on the television now thinking we're going to get Lorraine, you don't. 
Because she's obviously on holiday, perhaps recharging her batteries or going in for sort of height awareness week or something. I don't know what she's in for. Anyway, time for the... Oh, I'll do that in a moment. Uh, Favourite quiz shows. It's because I'm, I'm trying to put the theory through, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain I'm right, that um, this new show with Julia Bradbury is so awful because she cannot present a quiz show. There's no good taking somebody who is... They go, oh, you're really light and bubbly and you're very good, so we'll give you a quiz show. There is an art to doing it. Like, there's an art to being on it. In fact, actually, one of the blokes who's on Julia Bradbury's show, one of the people who's behind it, wrote a book about being on quiz shows. Because in America, there are agencies that supply people for quiz shows. They're not looking for little Mr and Mrs Misery. You're looking for somebody. The girl yesterday was telling us on Deal or No Deal, the the tiger, how she auditioned for the part on the show. You have to audition. So they bring you in and they ask you questions about yourself. Because you don't want somebody on there to go, and you've won £10 million. Thanks. They don't want that. They want, yeah, wooey! And so they had that buffoon on the other day. I mean, you've never seen a bigger buffoon in your life who's got yellow glasses, a yellow bow tie. I mean, what a stupid, pathetic individual. And uh, what they're looking for is somebody with a bit of personality. How he got through, I'll never know. And so it's as difficult to be on the quiz as it is to present the quiz. When you watch Bradley Walsh in The Chase then that's, you know, he doesn't jump up and down, he doesn't do anything, sometimes he collapses and he corpses and things like that. But he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he presents it. You're presenting a thing because you're not the star of it, you're the link between the person up there, who knows most of the answers, and the idiots over there on the panel. Hard to believe they audition some of them, but they do. And I was watching the other day, and, and you, you sometimes you look at really simple questions, and you can't believe that they haven't got the answers. They, you know, they can't be that dim I was watching the version of Come Dine With Me the other day where they had some dreadful woman. I mean, she was so awful. And one of the other women was cooked, and she didn't want to eat anything. And I thought, why doesn't this woman turn around to her and say, listen, what are you doing on a food programme if you don't eat anything? What's the point of you being here? Are you just here because you're stupid, you're an attention seeker, or you're a benefit fraudster? What are you doing on this programme? Uh, you can't beat a bit of bully on Bullseye. Well, that was of its generation, but, I mean, to be honest with you, it was a rubbish show. Oh, you don't get nothing but two in a bed. Oh, go away. Take your dreary show with you, I'm afraid. Uh, Blockbusters. I'll have a pee, please, Bob. Ooh, (laughs) so funny. So funny. And, um, Amish Mafia is about some Amish community leaders who run numbers and protection rackets. What era are you in? Numbers rackets. Where are you from? <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, the only woman any good at presenting a quiz show was Lily Savage on Blankety Blank. Yes, Blankety Blank was quite good because it, it had some celebrities you've heard of. I, I turned on the telly the other day to see the dreadful John Tarot and that ghastly Greg Wallace. And, and one of the celebrities on the programme was Janet Street Porter, a woman who's never mastered the English language. What on earth she's on the t- I mean, even she must be laughing. Sorry, a celebrity, not a celebrity. What are you doing on there? You're an old woman of about 70 who should have been pensioned off years ago. They, 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 they must run out. Perhaps there's an agency for past their sell-by so-called celebrity. I don't know what's the matter with these people. You know, we don't want to see people like that. We don't want to see Peter Andre and his dreary little girlfriend discussing them. Who cares about them? Luckily, the only reason you don't see Katie Price on the television, not because she's gone quiet, it's because there's no job offers. There's nothing there. There is no, no ITV2 going, oh, come and do a show for it. They're not interested. She's poison on the toilet. Nobody's interested. She doesn't do anything. In fact, if you look at poor old Peter Andre's show, take, take the kids out of the equation. 
because he expl- puts them on every uh, programme because he loves them. If you take them out, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. He makes a few phone calls and sits around, you know, looking a bit sort of dreary and bored. 84850, uk. Uh, so we're looking for your favourite quiz show. And we can't think of any good quiz shows hosted by a woman apart from Lily Savage in Blankety Blank. The rest of it, this after Julia Bradbury's latest excursion into quizzes, dire. Even worse. Even worse than Anne Widdicombe, who was bad in the extreme. You know, I don't know why that woman ever accepts any jobs on television. She's a miserable little so-and-so. I've never seen her laughing and being happy. She's only happy when she's surrounded by gay men, which is ironic, isn't it, with her Christian values? But anyway, the LBC Gadget giveaway for today. You'll like this one. Peter Griffiths from Luton yesterday identified the main ingredient in Sagaloo is spinach. Sp- I love it. I absolutely love it. I love anything like that. In fact, I might actually... I could eat that now. I could eat Sagaloo now. But I don't think they do it in these supermarkets, do they? I've never seen it. Uh, today He got a laptop. Today, I'm giving away the Google Nexus 7 tablet. Commonly seen as the best Android alternative to an iPad. You could get your hands on it by 6.30 this morning. This is the one they're all buying at the moment. So, if you want to win the Google Nexus 7 tablet today, you need to answer this question correctly. What is the main... In- this one I don't know. The main ingredient in the... Oh, yes, I do. In the Middle Eastern dish falafel. What is the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern dish falafel? They're quite clearly all sitting upstairs in the office just going through food, which sounds delicious. <laughs> they seem to be going around the world. So, the Middle Eastern dish falafel, what's the main ingredient? For your chance to win this Google Nexus 7 tablet, text the word gadget... Then the answer, and then send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. The Google Nexus 7 tablet. Fantastic. Good luck, everybody. I hope you get it. There's a picture of Robbie Williams. Oh, he's bloated out. But we knew that. We said to Robbie Williams ages ago that he is prone to getting fat and he's now gone quite bloated in the face. He's almost unrecognisable. Almost unrecognisable. Uh, Despicable Me Too in cinemas everywhere. Go see. It's lovely. But see it at the cinema. It's made for the cinema. See it at the cinema. It's good. I never saw Despicable Me 1. So when I saw Despicable Me 2, I bought Despicable Me 1. And you know I like Despicable Me 2 better than Despicable Me 1. Uh, Prince Charles was left grinning after a little boy called George after he asked him if he was in, enjoying being a granddad. Check this little boy here. He's nine, George Austin. He's a very small nine. Very small nine. And uh, he made hearts melt as he chatted to the royals. He's nine. What sort of conversation do you think he's having? He had a little conversation, and uh, and then he said, what, what's it like, you know, being being a grandfather? And Charles says, it, it, it's uh, yeah, fun. It's great. I don't think Charles has quite come to terms with it as well. Perhaps by Christmas we'll have another one on the way. I'd like to think that there would be uh, another one. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Everybody else going, no, we don't think so. We can't go through this again. Yeah, we can. Yes, we can. Uh, here's Mel B. Uh, out at a... New- it's so funny. When, when you look at her all done up, she's great. And then you hear her talking, and she's so foul-mouthed. And she was out with Heidi Klum at an America's Got Talent after party. Oh, and by the way, if you live in Clacton... They've decided to ban naked bike rides and charity nude swims because they're not good for the town. 
I would have thought, actually, if you live in Clacton, anything is good for you. I haven't been to Clacton. I don't, have I been to Clacton? I, can't, I do love, do you know, honestly, I do love a good seaside resort. There's something nice about you coming down in Bournemouth, exactly the same. You come down the thing and there it is, you know, the esplanade and the flower beds. Welcome to Bournemouth and all, all wonderful things like that. And I love it. I remember getting excited years ago as a kid. So I think tomorrow, definitely, it could be a trip to South End. I think, for some uh, some men with tattoos, because it is full of men with tattoos, and uh, some kiss-me-quick hats, a stick of rock. I could bring something back for the producer. Cat. And uh, that'd be nice, actually. What could I bring her back from there? I'm sure I'll find something in the rock shop. Uh, perhaps a rock. <laughs> and then we could have fish and chips and sit on the pier and have a nice cup of tea. It's what I call a good British day out. Uh, the sponger, the beggar. Simon Wright, guilty. He collects... He sits outside the station. Give me money, money. 50 grand a year. He's living in a very posh flat. And he's breached his ASBO. He's a pathetic example. And why he's not been jailed, I've got no idea. They've said now that uh, he could be jailed for up to five years. It's ridiculous. I mean, these people, I mean, they seem to get away with murder now. 50 grand a year, and that's begging. That's what I've said to you before. Don't make the situation worse. Don't give to beggars. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, four minutes past five. Friday morning. Yippee. The weekend. Farmers are quite pleased at the moment. They were a little bit worried about the uh, the weather, saying that it actually could have uh, could have damaged the crops. But in fact, the way it's turning out at the moment, they're all very happy. Very happy, especially for, for, for the blueberry growers. So good for you, blueberries. And strawberries everywhere. Although I went to Marks and Spencer in Richmond the other day, and they had lots and lots of strawberries. And, of course, what I've learned through bitter experience is to pick them up and look. They had strawberries that were rotten inside some of the containers. I should have taken a picture, actually, to prove my point. Because otherwise people sort of say, oh, I don't believe you saw that. And, of course, I mean, you know, I'd have no need to lie about Marks and Spencer's. I'm a Marks and Spencer's customer. And uh, I looked at some of the strawberries and the raspberries, and they'd gone off. You know, the staff should be round there taking these things and throwing them away, not leaving them on display. Very low standards for Marks and Spencers, but uh, good for the farmers. So the hot weather's arrived early this month. The fruit should have ripened ten days ago. I didn't even know we grew blueberries in this country. I don't know where I thought they came from, but they're very, very good for you. Also, the good news is that uh, Kylie Minogue, they're still concentrating. This poor woman and her bottom, they're still concentrating on Kylie Minogue's bottom at the age of 45. They're going, she's got a perky figure. I mean, look, is that, is that all there is to Kylie Minogue, her bottom? I know you're all shouting. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing else different at all. Nothing else different. But it is the story of the the two senior nurses at the centre of one of the worst hospital scandals in living memory been struck off. Sharon Turner and Tracy White stood accused of ruling the tirades. And uh, the, the worst one, Tracy White, you know, you can put up with somebody being foul-mouthed because you just sort of go up and hit them. But in the case of Tracy White... Her lack of care and respect for an elderly woman in her final 24 hours were nothing short of scandalous. This woman should be taken out and strung up from the nearest lamppost. She actually reprimanded this seriously ill... This woman was, was in the throes of dying, and she reprimanded her by calling her a naughty little monkey for not taking her laxatives, and then refused to help lift her from a wheelchair to the bed, saying, I'm not doing this, I'm not hurting my back. Whistleblowing nurse Helena Donnelly said the woman who died the next day from a pulmonary... Uh, edema or fluid on the lungs had been given a very uncared for and undignified last 24 hours. 
Another patient who arrived at A&E suffered from bleeding after having an abortion, was refused immediate treatment by Sister White, who said she can wait if you can do that to your baby. What a ghastly pair of old bags. Shame, shame, shame on Sharon Turner and Tracy White. I hope their families are suitably embarrassed by these disgusting pair. They'll probably go to the High Court now and try and claim it was nothing to do with them. It was all somebody else. But they've finally been struck off. They will never nurse patients ever again. Isn't it awful? You know, you've got your mum's picture of the patient. I'm assuming they've got children. That's your mother, the bully, the woman who mistreats people. Oh, and that's your mother, the racist, Sharon Turner. Dear, absolutely dreadful. Um, there's a, a woman here, Tracy Mitchell. Tracy Mitchell picked up Carol and Michael Midding, Middleton after they met their grandson for the first time and has revealed that they didn't leave a tip. Oh, God, you meanie. You've gone to the papers with that. You've gone... To, seriously, you've gone to the papers because they didn't tip you. Blimey, I'd have thought you'd have just been grateful. You've got people in the back of the cab. But here she is, taken aback, Tracy Mitchell. Why were you taken aback, dear? Well, because somebody didn't tip you. So she's gone to the papers and, and made some, you know, non-existent story. She said they chatted among themselves and she spent much of the journey on the phone. So, in other words, she's betrayed a confidence as well. Whatever goes on in the back of a cab, love, is supposed to be confidential. You don't want to get into Tracy Mitchell's cab, thank you very much indeed. She'll tell anybody. Oh, I had Steve Allen in the back of the cab. He was chatting away on the phone to his bank and doing this. Oh, dear. Where's confidence gone? Where's confidence? Picture of Charlene, not Charlene, Arlene Phillips. Charlene Phillips. Perhaps there is a Charlene Phillips listening. And uh, she's pictured, she's at the age of 70, with Bruno Tonioli, uh, who's as camp as a Christmas tree. I mean, really, you don't get any gayer and more unattractive than Bruno Tonioli, and she's kissing him. I mean, you know, and they say, is that strictly appropriate behaviour at 70? Well, it is, but to be honest with you, I mean, he's, he's just grateful for any sort of attention, I should imagine. And so she's kissing him. It's not going to go anywhere, is it? It's not going to go anywhere at all. Um, what else have we got in the papers today? Snubbed by his old singing rival, Sir Tom Jones, Engelbert Humperdinck, says he's persuaded other stars to sing with him on his new duets album out in October. Engelbert... Photograph with Sir Tom in their prime time boasts their Sir Elton John, Smokey Robinson, Willie Nelson, Kenny Rogers and Neil Sedaka. Did Sir Tom feel uncomfortable about sharing the bill with uh, with Mr Dorsey? That's his real name. Arnold Dorsey. I don't know, but I always thought Tom Jones's uh, son, I think, marries him. Um, marries it, manages him. Marries him. He manages him. And I think there's obviously certain... They, they probably think, oh, you don't want to be associated with that old man, you know, because you're young, you're Tom Jones, you know, you're green, green grass of home and all the rest of it. You know, sheep are sheep and men are frightened. Well, it's the other way round. Men are men and sheep are frightened. And uh, in Welsh Wales, and uh, Tom doesn't want to be associated with old people. He doesn't want to see old people at his shows. There was a great book written years ago about Tom Jones and how he only wants young girls in the front front rows of the shows. And you can't just throw anything on stage. There's a list. There's a list of stuff. And also, if you go to bring presents, towels and cigars are acceptable. Pretentious old man from the valleys, eh? Old Tom Jones, who looks like he's got a bit of cotton wool shredded onto his head, poor soul. And uh, here's a, oh, there was a lovely review of a restaurant the other day in town. It's in Neil's Yard, I think. And all it does is pizza. And they only do about 20 pizzas, and it's, it's, it's not particularly exciting. And so they tried to review it, I think in Metro, and they said, how do you review a restaurant that doesn't actually have any food on it? They just do pizzas. Not really that exciting, until you realise who owns it. It's Terry Wogan's son who's got it. It's Terry Wogan's son who's got a pizza restaurant in Neil's Yard. 
Not a, not a lot going on there, I'm afraid. Oh, I saw some lovely little cups the other day. I went out to buy some metal uh, baking trays. Uh, well, they're foil, foil baking trays. Because what I tend to do, if I use them in a halogen oven, I can then throw them away afterwards. It saves me washing up. I'm a bit lazy in the washing up department, I'm afraid, at the moment. So plastic cups for drinking. And uh, I use those for teeth washing and everything else. Always plastic cups. No point using in there. Does that, make, does that make me common? Good, I'm common. I'm very common. At least I've got jelly beans, which you haven't got. Uh, more on the uh, more on the boy of ten uh, who does these mini Monets. His parents say his genius is a burden. They say he's earned about one and a half million quid. I mean, his I mean his he's absolutely unbelievably good. I mean, I don't know anything about art. I mean, I que- I can quite clearly stand here and tell you I know nothing about art at all. I just like a picture to look like a picture. And you look at what this kid is doing at the age of nine years old, ten, and you think, he's brilliant. He can do snow scenes, village se- I mean, he's really, really good. I mean, 16 of his pictures sold for 17,000 in 14 minutes at a phone auction. I can't help feeling that he's, he's so prolific... He's making the money now. It might just sort of die out. I mean, I really don't know. But I just, I can tell you now, he's very, very clever. For his age. They say it's cost his family, friends and any chance of a normal life. But his genius is a burden. Well, of course it would be, because he's ten years old. But he's doing something he likes doing. So if he's happy doing that, why not let him do it? He might just stop all of a sudden. As as fast as some people's genius shows itself, it might just finish. And he might not paint ever again. Greek police investigating the execution-style murder of a 19-year-old say that British youths have brought gang warfare to the holiday island of Crete. They absolutely have. They absolutely, This bloke was stabbed, I think, twice or three times, and it's quite clearly gangs. Uh, the victim was uh, Tyrrell Matthews Burton. Uh, one of the people arrested, you've got... Um, it's so funny, the mothers have started jumping in, adding their six pence. My son was nowhere near the place. Nowhere near the place. Yeah, well, what were they doing over there? What are these, what are these people doing going on holiday, they say it was something that started as appalling, though, isn't it, that people can go abroad now and they want to do something like this. People must be absolutely horrified. It's bad enough, you know, when we used to have in Oxford Street, steaming. You ever see steaming? They did it on trains as well. Gangs of, let's just call them feral youths, which I think is probably the best description of them, and um, and they would go running through stores in London, just grabbing things, and of course it all happened a bit too quickly, and they were just thieves. That's all they were. They were just thieves. Oh, there's a new Monopoly game in America. They're changing Monopoly. And they've decided that they're going to make it shorter so the game can be completed in half an hour. I think they're doing away with get out of jail free. I wish they wouldn't change Monopoly. I like the original Monopoly. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind any of the houses. I know it looks a bit dated, but it was always a good game. But we used to play shortened version anyway. We would let people shake the dice, and then you could bid on a, on a property. You, you could say, right, well, I'll, I'll buy Vine Street and Marlborough Street, and I'll, I'll pay you the asking price, and I'll put hotels on it. I used, to go for, I used to go for the blue ones at the bottom, which I think were... Angel Islington, I think. Because if you controlled that corner, there was a very good chance that somebody was going to land on you. But it never paid as much money as if you got the Regent Street and Trafalgar Square and the water companies. Which was good. Uh, The BBC boss who quit in shame. This is the BBC accused of acting like a cosy cartel. Well, it is. After it was real that they handed a payoff to an executive who quit in disgrace over the doctored footage of the Queen. Peter Fincham, who ran BBC One for two years, wrongly claimed that a trailer for a documentary showed her walking out of a photo shoot in a huff. In fact, the footage was of the Queen arriving for the sitting with renowned American photographer, 
photographer Annie Leibovitz in 2007. Anyway, they then give him half a million quid as a payoff. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And a satanic cult has been blamed for the death of a pony mutilated in a ring of fire during a full moon. Um, this was in a remote area of the Dartmoor National Park. And they say devil worshippers. Devil worshippers. And they, they've... Um, They've they've just massacred this pony. There's a picture of it here, and I, I can't tell you what they've done to it because it's it's too disgusting. It's too disgusting. It was only a two month old pony. Seemed to have been dragged into a clearing and placed at the foot of a slope to face the full moon. The person who works on the moors there, the uh, the livestock protection officer, said, um, "We do get strange things happening. Normally, when it's a full moon, you come across strange circles." And so they massacre this, this horse. I mean, you just can't imagine what sort of mentally ill people would ever do this to a horse. I mean, it's just, there was white paint on one leg, suggesting it's been killed as part of a bizarre ceremony. I think they need to track these people down as quickly as possible. I mean, you know, satanic cults in the year 2013 who can literally do things like that. Oh, by the way, be very careful now. Oh, I watched the other day two things, actually, quickly. Just down the road from us, we've got Trafalgar Square. And now... We've got a, a 15-foot cock down there, a cockerel, which is, it's enormous. It's absolutely, and yet, funnily enough, when I saw a picture of it the other day, I thought, oh, that, that looks huge. When you see it on the stand, it looks even better. They can't decide what to put on the stand, so they put this, this cockerel up there. They say, cocking a snook at Nelson. But it's certainly big. I mean, 15.4 feet high. That's what you call a very, very big cockerel. Quarter past five. Ian Dale this morning. We'll be speaking to Boris Johnson about what the true legacy has been of the Games one year on. Plus, why are so many primary school pupils being expelled? And is such harsh discipline the answer? And as one London council closes its streets so children can play safely, Ian will want to know how much do you worry about your children on London streets? I suppose you worry about kids playing on the streets full stop, especially if they've got a ball and they kick it and it goes into the road. We used to have, years ago, those, those nice public information films which showed, you know, people doing the Green Cross code and people... I remember distinctly a kid kicking a ball into a road and there he appeared, stop, and held up the traffic so the kid could get the, the ball back. They were quite good, those things, quite good. A TV show you may want John to record, says Paul in Manchester, but Steve, on Sunday night, Alan Wicker, Journey's End. Friends and colleagues celebrate his 50-year career. I've ordered a four-disc Wicker's World set from Amazon, which, un- which includes some of the very best episodes. As you said at the time of his passing, a one-off Tesco Extra are the very big shops, and it's the metros, which are the smaller ones. As you know, I'm a huge fan. Not. Nice to see you can now slip effortlessly from your witty impersonation into Damien Evans, just as if they were in the same room. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? He says, I hope we get some of that wet stuff. Maybe if you sang that song, we might just get it, because every time I go, down came the rain, it always rains. Well, we hope so, for Mitch Murray's sake, anyway. But uh, we, we, we definitely want one. My favourite modern quiz show... Is eggheads, says Paul, despite that irritant that is Daphne. Older ones, double your money. It, 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 am I five? We love Daphne on, on eggheads. She so knows everything and you so want to hold her head under the bath water. You can't bear anybody who knows that many things. It's not possible. You know, they, they'll play in a skew piece. But I, I think that was Led Zeppelin in 19... 19- well, how do you know that? She just knows everything. Double your money with Huey Green and Monica Rose. And take your pick with Michael Miles, segments of which can be found on YouTube. And for a masterclass on how to present them, I'd recommend anything with Bob Monkhouse and The Price is Right with Leslie Crowther. The worst presenter I ever saw, and it grieves me to say it, was Max Bygraves on Family Fortunes. You know how much he earned for that show, don't you? 
60,000 quid a show. £60,000. That shows how much money. I think Jimmy Tarbuck, when he did, was it Winner Takes All or something like that, he was on £15,000 a show. So they would record the series in a week. The whole series could be done in a week. And I'm led to believe that, you know, people earning £30,000, £40,000 per show is certainly not unheard of at all. So, in other words, if you do a series of, of seven, you know, you could be looking at £200,000 quite easily. Quite easily. Because when Max Bygraves was doing it, it was £60,000 a show. And that was back in the days when £60,000 was practically an income, you know, for a year. So, I mean, I don't know how much they earn nowadays, but I'm assuming people earn a lot of money. A lot of money. Uh, The UK's priciest terrace house. It's in the paper again. We did this yesterday. They're obviously trying to flog it, and it's a free advert for them. They say, it's £40 million. Well, to be honest with you, it's rubbish. I wouldn't want a house there for £40 million. You could move out to Berkshire and buy a huge estate in Berkshire. Better than this. Better. Bigger swimming pool. More land. Your own land, as far as the eye could see, in Berkshire. So why you'd want to spend £40 million on this one? They say uh, builders spent around 83,000 man-hours creating each one. And it took a year to hand-dig two metres beneath the original basement to create two extra... F- Who cares? Who wants to know things like that? If you're the sort of person that can afford that, you don't care how long it took them to build it. You're just going to go, OK, it's £40 million. Uh, Do I want to buy it? No. Because you're, you're dealing with a different market. Different market there. People, people who buy that are not going to wander around it. Apparently, unfortunately, every team in the Premier League, says Freddie, uh, in this day and age, brings out at least two new kits for each season. My team is Swansea City. Monstrosities for this year. £45.99 to only £63.99 if you want a player's name and badge on the shirt. It's a bargain. I think my Welsh accent's definitely improving. I mean, it's, it's definitely getting a lot better. Definitely getting a lot better. Uh, I watched on Sky last night... It's a neighbourhood watch stroke alien comedy, which is a bit of light-hearted fun, says Neil. I thought of you whilst watching, without giving too much away, most of the action takes place in a branch of Costco. I shall watch that a little bit later on. Thank you so much indeed, <laughs> branch of Costco. People always think of Costco and me. I've got to do an interview today, uh, and it's about the, uh, the Alan Partridge film, so I'm very much looking forward to talking about it to one of the writers, Mr Iannucci. So we'll have a chat to him, because he, the amount of people I've spoken to around it, they love him. He really loves him. Such a, and he's doing early... I love people who do early interviews. For me, it's an absolute godsend. 8.30. An 8.30 interview, which is wonderful. Uh, have you seen Victoria Corman, Corrin? Uh, now Victoria Corrin Mitchell, as she's married to David Mitchell on Only Connect. Sharp, witty and intelligent, says Barbara. I have seen it. I don't, I don't rate it. I'm sure it's lovely. I'm sure it's, it just didn't do it for me. Have you seen Anthony Davis? They're, they're repeating a quiz that Anthony Davis did uh, on, the, on one of the... Te- yes, Anthony Davis, with hair. <laughs> so it's quite funny. To, it's really good. It's really good. I was watching it thinking, I recognise that voice. And then they, then they cut to him and they go, it's Anthony Davis. Never repeated my show. I did for Channel 5. I did a quiz show. Every day I was on, I never showed my one again. I don't mind. I flew from Frankfurt to Heathrow and was unlucky, says Ian, enough to sit next to a, a rather large, overweight gentleman because of his size encroaching into my space, squashing onto the window, leaving me with little or no room. Why don't they make these people buy two seats? Well, because, well, I sat next to a woman in the theatre once. It was in the Donmar Warehouse. And this woman, was she was so big next to me, I practically fell off the end. <laughs> it was My little bottom, well, I say my little bottom, it was just sort of perched on the end of this seat because this woman took up a lot of room. You do tend to find the Americans are uh, sort of a little bit bigger than we are. Jeff says, quiz show, Stephen, not what they used to be. Crisscross quiz, top of the form with Jeff, oh, top of the form. Ask the family with Robert Robinson. And, of course, University Challenge with Bamba Gascoigne. Alan Cambridge. 
Two people sitting on top of each other. Uh, alas, the quiz show nowadays don't have that honest good look about them with the presenters. Dreary, tedious and always looking for a cheap laugh. Listen, I don't mind cheap laughs. I've, I've, I've built a career on cheap laughs, I'm afraid. I sent a thing to, uh, to Toby the other day saying, oh, I should be seeing you at 8 o'clock this morning. He went, oh, lovely. I thought that sounded exciting, didn't it? Uh, some years ago, after a lovely country walk, I woke up with two very swollen hands and... Um, and then some, some unnerving black marks appeared, says Lenin Bushy. Went to the chemist for advice, and then the GP, horseflies. Horseflies. God, you know, I'm, I'm better start looking out for these things. Uh, I agree with you about plastic cups. We use American Red Solo cups. You can wash and use them over and over again, says Mary. I don't, I mean, I don't use them over again. I just throw them away. I've, I've come to the conclusion, if I, could, if I could get some decent disposable plates, I've been using them. But I go and buy these... Um, trays in Tesco. I bought them yesterday. Five for two quid. And so I bought ten quid's worth. And I put the stuff in there, into the halogen oven. And then, if it's if it's something like the, the prawns in batter, I'll use the tray again. But the rest of the time, I just throw it away, because it's got meat juices in or anything like that. Can't be bothered to wash it up. Why should you bother? I'm in the, the, the disposable era, which I think is better. Maxine says, I used to love Celebrity Squares. The biggest gathering of Z-listers in one go. Well, it was, wasn't it? With Bob Monkhouse. I used to like Celebrity Squares as well. You're right, though. It was a lot of people. You think Nowadays, that they'd be putting Janet Street Porter in one of the boxes. Barbara Kelly in Criss Cross Quiz. A sort of female Bob Holness, says Nigel in Ealing. 15 to 1. Yes, 15 to 1. Uh, that was with... Oh, I can't remember who did it now. He'd been around for ages. It's William G. Stewart, was it? He'd had been around for ages. And uh, somebody says, do you like anyone or anything? I don't like you. Straight away. I can always tell them things like that. Um, and Steve, I thought the flying ants would come on Wednesday. One flew into the car. I thought, here we go, I thought. But it was just the one. And uh, yesterday I was picking raspberries, strawberries and red and white currants in my allotment. My blueberries are going to be ready to pick in about ten days. Yes, but now the, now the weather's changed and it's got a bit a bit better than the blueberries should come on. But we should have had them, apparently, about ten days ago. See, I didn't even know we grew, we grew things like that. Most commonly used drug in the UK now. What do you think it is? Most commonly used drug. Not cocaine, not anything like that. It's what? Paracetamol? No. Most commonly used drug, laughing gas. You know when people get these balloons? You know, there is the chance it can kill you. I only, I only mention that because people have died through using it. And that's why it was a bit stupid when we saw a couple of celebrities a few weeks back who were... Uh, doing it with their kids, and you think, be very, very careful. Very, very, very careful, because these things can kill. It's nitrous oxide. You know, anybody would have to be a bit stupid, wouldn't they? You see people doing... All their voice goes a bit funny, but all go, that's terribly funny. The fact is, it's slowly killing you, so just be warned. Just be warned. Second most used drug in the UK. Uh, They say that teenagers are shunning drinking drugs for a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, we'll try telling that to those people in Leicester Square this evening after about five o'clock. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And the time now is 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Lovely piece in the paper today about uh, women without their war paint on. And so they've got the usual suspects. They've got Lady Gaga, unrecognisable, without her war paint on. Um, uh, Who's the other one, I thought? Oh, Tamara Eccleston, when she revealed her scorched skin. uh, Not a good look. Uh, Who's this one here? Gwyneth Paltrow looks different. The one who looks completely unrecognisable is Claudia Winkleman. 
who I always thought was mad as a barrel load of frogs, I'm afraid. But uh, without her distinctive black eyeliner on, you wouldn't know it was her at all. Uh, Fern Cotton, unrecognisable. Um, and um, Carol, Carol Vorderman, without her makeup on, unrecognisable. Unrecognisable. We've seen all these pictures of various people. Who's that one here? Cameron Diaz. Again, when people don't have them, it's funny, men always look exactly the same, don't they? Mainly because men don't wear that much makeup. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, in the paper today, on the woman who helped put his wild ways behind him at a cost. And uh, Dame Helen Mirren is 68 today. 68 today, so many happies of the day. Uh, also, Sam Mendes in a theatrical mode before directing the next Bond film as lined up girls for his National Theatre production of King Lear. Simon Russell Beale. In there, Kate Fleetwood, Anna Maxwell Martin, which is uh, which is going to be very interesting. I quite like, actually, Sam Mendes. For some, I don't know why, I just like Sam Mendes. I can't tell, there's no particular reason why. I just like him. Other stories in the papers for today. Raymond Blanc says that kitchen bullies should be jailed. And I'm assuming he means for that the Marco Pierre Whites and Gordon Ramsay... But they're all bullied, but I think they're just doing that for the television. I don't think they're, they're doing that for real. I mean, I've seen Gordon Ramsay when he does his thing, which is in America. You know, they've done it over here, but they've done it in America as well, where they have to call him, yes, chef, yes, chef. You know, where he, he says to them, you know, why have you not, this is not, this is not cooked, why are we not? And he starts swearing and shouting and throwing things. But I think that's purely done for the television. That's to make a, because he's not like that at all. When you talk to Gordon Ramsay, he's the, he's the biggest pussycat you're ever going to meet. He's not one of those loudmouth people. It's it's a television image, and Marco Pierre White. I can't bear him anyway, so it makes no <laughs> makes no difference to me either way what he's like on the telly. But in fact, Raymond Blanc says they should be jailed. I suppose it comes down to abuse, doesn't it? It comes down to shouting at people in a kitchen. But they're trying to get stuff out. They're trying to get food out on time. If you're sitting in the restaurant, you're going, listen, we only we ordered this like an hour and a half. Ago. How much longer is it going? I've done that before in restaurants. You must have done it too. You must have done it where you've said to them, "Is there any chance you can find out where our food is?" Oh, I'll just go and check. Well, you know, you've passed us about 20 times. Didn't you sort of think they're still sitting here with no food in front of them? Doesn't take much, does it? I was checking, actually. Uh, as you know, this year, LBC is 40 years old. And uh, uh, 40 years ago, on October the 8th, it is the, uh, the 40th anniversary of LBC. And what they're going to do, it's, uh, it's very It's being put together by former staff. And uh, and Vince Vince McGarry says I'm part of a team organising a party for that evening. So it's a Tuesday. You say, I'm a Tuesday. It's blooming useless for me. I might have to take might have to take a Wednesday. I wonder if I can get a day off. Do you think the boss will give me a day off on that? And he says um, it's organising a party. He says uh, as it's a large venue in Fleet Street and as one of those veterans of those days. One of those veterans of those days. Uh, it says it's got now to do with present companies. It's all being put together by former staff. Full details going out. Would you like to know more and is the best email for you? Yes. Well, obviously, yes. I might have to put in and take, uh, take myself a day off and go down there. I quite It'll be interesting. I missed the last uh, anniversary of LBC's Get To Get, which was fantastic. It's apparently three people throwing wine over each other. <laughs> people who've been fired by various managements over the years. But it'll be so interesting to see what people look like now. I mean, from my generation, it's going to be a lot of elderly men, I should imagine, sitting in the corner. A lot of women with grey hair. Sitting there going, we can't have it. We shouldn't want any music, do you? You don't want any music for things like that. Because there's so much to talk about, about what LBC used to be like. And uh, we'll be having our little own 
tribute thing on LBC at around that time. It could be wonderful. Dry and bright for most of the part today. Sunny spots across London, feeling warm and humid, which is the bad news for me. 26 degrees, currently 17. Currently 17. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be cloudy with rain moving in at times. Yeah, thank you. That's all I need. I don't want anything else. Uh, and it is time to put a smile on your face this Friday morning, because Friday it is, for the gadget giveaway. Peter Griffiths from Luton yesterday got himself a fabulous laptop. Today... It's a goodie. It's a Google Nexus 7 tablet. This is the best Android alternative to an iPad. does all the things. You've only got to go onto the computer and Google Google Nexus 7 tablet. It's really lovely. It can be yours at 6.30 this morning, which is just about the hour away. But you need to know the answer to this question. What is the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern dish falafel? What is the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern dish falafel? Text the word gadget... Then your answer, and then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Could be you that we're reading out the name of on Monday morning. There's no reason why it couldn't be you. All the other winners, they've never probably won anything in their life before. So Peter Griffiths is going, yep, I've got myself a laptop. Who knows? Could go in for the competition deck. Could win again. The Google Nexus 7 tablet, which is lovely. So what's the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern dish? Falafel. Text the word gadget. Then your answer, and then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. I always love it when they, they do things about R- Richard Desmond's The Health Lottery, make it sound like it's the NHS lottery, but it's R- Richard Desmond's private thing. And then they go, Health Lottery Ambassador Donna Eyre. Dude, the kids are going, who are you? I'm Donna Eyre. Who are you? I'm Donna Eyre. Who are you? Nobody. I'm nobody. I'm a TV presenter nobody's ever heard of. I used to go out with this bloke Aspinall, and now I'm going out with somebody else who I think could be related to the royal family. Oh, right. Who are you? I'm Donna Eyre. Oh, right. And the the other one was Chris Eubank. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm Chris Eubank. Who are you? Chris Chris Eubank. I'm Bokther. He used to turn up. I remember him, always remember him turning up on the Mrs. Merton show. And he used to carry, he used to wear his monocle. Such a pretentious old so-and-so, let me tell you. And uh, he turned up with his little monocle on and his, his briefcase and a, walk, and a cane, a walking cane. And I remember he, that she, she asked him a couple of questions. And unfortunately, Chris Eubank, I mean, whether through ignorance or not, never seemed to me to be the brightest penny in the box. And so he's, he sat there. And in the end, Mrs. Merton kind of gave up. She said, come on, Chris, she said, it's only a chat show. Because <laughs> he just wasn't answering questions. She was, I think, gently chiding him and taking the mickey. And he wasn't playing. But in fact, Chris Eubank goes down to Brighton on the seafront. He used to with his big truck. And he'd park up and sign autographs for people. And then occasionally he'd had a little scooter. Like a little kid's scooter. And he'd scoot up and down. And people would run... Really bizarre. Not all there upstairs, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. Um, uh, tipping point is my favourite quiz. Ben Shepherd grows on you. Yeah, a bit bi- like bindweed, I think. Yes, Ben Shepherd, a man so in love with himself, if he was a lollipop, he'd lick himself to death. He used to apparently spend most of his time looking in the mirror down at GMTV. And, um, and Richard says, have you turned over a new leaf? You sound even more caring than ever. Oh dear, we'll have to stop that one straight away. I don't like to sound caring, not on a Friday. Um, I'm in touch with Peter O'Connell. Do you think I should tell him he drives for a living now? Do you think I should tell him he... Well, I should imagine he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? <laughs> he must have a rough idea. 
Uh, apparently, the runway at Stansted has its 70th anniversary today. Dave in Bermondsey is uh, at uh, the airport, off to Italy for two weeks. Well, I hope you've taken loads of, uh, of downloads of the programme. You know, that's the kind of thing you're supposed to take. So the, the runway at Stansted is 70. Is it really? How riveting. <laughs> that's about the boring thing you can ever bring up in conversation. <laughs> oh, dear. I'll tell you who else is pregnant. Holly Valance, former Neighbours star, but she's now with uh, Nick Candy. And apparently uh, he's, a, he's a property billionaire. He was the one, I think, was going to buy Michael Winner's house. I think the Candy brothers were going to buy it. Go on, buy it. Make Geraldine happy. Give her £40 million. Um, I'm an expensive babysitter, says Prince Harry. You're so not. You're so cheap. Just the promise of a room in Las Vegas and a, and a camera and a few old tarty people. You'll, you'll, you'll turn up, mate. You'll turn up. Uh, the speed boast of the Death Express driver. This is uh, over in Spain the other day. The carriage was all over the place. He should have been doing, I think, 40. But in fact, he was doing about 130 miles an hour. I think he tweeted that he was doing about 130, 40 miles an hour. Uh, Kylie has sent... Um, uh, a cheeky holiday snap. She shaped, I mean, the trouble is, if you, I mean, I, I don't understand this. You know, when you talk to Kylie Minogue, I never think that there's a load of fun going on there. You know what? I think it's a bit calculated. She was in Neighbours. She wants to be seen as sophisticated. She's a bit like Victoria Beckham. A bit like Victoria Beckham. You know, Kylie about as big as a, well, no bigger than that. Well, perhaps down there. Anyway, and so she is, I mean, she's Polly Pocket. And so she tweets a picture of her in a bikini showing her bottom, which is almost as big as the rest of her body. And that's all they concentrate. And it's almost like I'm 45, but I'm still looking gorgeous. You think, but you're not helping the cause. Why, you know, just accept the fact that you're lucky that you've got a great bum and that people like it. But, you know, tweeting a picture about it is not really the best thing. She's wearing a leopard print piece of swimwear. She was on uh, the picture was taken by her boyfriend uh, on holiday in his native Spain. He's 45 and she's 45. But it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a matter of, of conjecture, isn't it, your age? Does it make any difference? You know, if, if you say to somebody, oh, I'm 63, and they go, gosh, you look really good for 63. They, well, what do you think I'm supposed to look like? You know, if nobody says anything, would, would you not worry? I would worry. Talking about quizzes earlier on, that's why Tipping Point is quite interesting. But it's, uh, it's just Ben Shepherd being, being a bit greasy and oily. He's a bit like David Dickinson. You know, you wouldn't want him to be too close to you because he's, just, he's a bit like that bloke who does the cash in the attic thing. The, uh, the antique stealer. There's some very dodgy people. I like the one where they go around people's houses and prices on some of the things. They went from, what was it the other day? £35 to 470 And you think, that's just cheating people. That's cheating. You know, we know we never trust antique dealers anyway because they're only in it for themselves. They get, oh, I'm not interested. You know what? Well, don't buy it then. And they get to a certain thing. There's a, there's a rather strange man who I thought was gay. And he mentioned he was going to buy this string of pearls for his daughter, which kind of threw the cat into the uh, proverbial works. Uh, and then there's a big fat antique stealer. And she tries to pretend she's friends to everybody. But her prices were the lowest ever. And then there's another guy who looks slightly dodgy. And he's offering the highest prices for people's little treasures. People invite them and they'd say at the end, and you've got today 7,600. And they give it to him in cash. £7,600 in cash. I mean, it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, 84850, uh, Let's weave some more in here. Let's do some more of these, uh, these little things here, these little texty things, which are lovely. Uh, happy birthday wishes to... Oh, best quiz shows, Mastermind and University Challenge. Got bored with millionaire, says Ian. I tell you what I hate... On any quiz, and it drives me to distraction. And they all do it from little Pip Schofield, everybody. They go, and the answer is 
We'll be back after this break. You think, ah, shut up, you boring. I, I want to hold them in a vat of butter, I'm afraid, after that one. Or failing that, they go, and the answer is... Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. I mean, you could go out, you could make yourself a full three-course meal, come back, you're still going, boom, boom. Boom, boom. And it's just dragging out a tediously boring NAF quiz with either Ant and Deck or whoever it happens to be. They're dragging it out. Because if they did, the answer is, OK, why will a joker always win the girl? Because he always will. No. Why will a joker always win the girl? Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. And then it cuts to each, you know, person's face. And they do it on every programme. Every single programme. And then, you know, you get Chris Taylor go, and now we'll take a break. And you think, well, no, give us the answer before you go to the break. They do on every single show. Noel Edmonds does it. Bradley Walsh has done it. We'll be right back. After this, you know, the, the, the barking mad woman the other day was on Deal or No Deal. She's got one of those lucky stones. And quite clearly, it wasn't lucky. You could see it wasn't lucky. And he said, perhaps you're whirring it round your head a few times. I thought, yep, knock yourself out. Do us all a favour. Uh, Roland says, uh, the gas you're referring to is helium from the floating balloons, which makes your voice called squeaky. If you inhale enough of it, the gas will replace the air in your lungs and you will asphyxiate and die. Lovely. That'll be a useful one, Roland. He said, I used to sell the balloons in the street. Many kids would buy them to inhale the gas. I once tried to sell the balloons in Covent Garden, but after ten minutes had them seized by three plainclothes cops. They didn't half look funny walking off with my big bunch of balloons. I wasn't laughing, though. Great show as usual. Thank you. As always. I never doubted it for a minute. Uh, And Julie says, 15 to 1, William G. Stewart, one of my favourites, blockbusters with the late, great Bob Holness. I remember when, when Bob Holness went off to do that. And they said that they would pay him so much money a day. And he got very excited. He said, they're paying me so much money a day until he realised that they were recording five episodes of Blockbusters in a day. So, in fact, it wasn't such good money. By the second series, I think he'd renegotiated. He'd renegotiated the whole thing because that was it. You wanted to earn a lot of money, didn't you? A lot of money on those quiz shows. And he said, oh, it's so much money a day. And I thought, oh, that's good. Uh, There's the SAS hero, Danny Nightingale, walking free from court but with his reputation ruined. He wasn't allowed because he's still a serving... uh, military personnel. He's not allowed to say anything, so his family had to say. I think they spent about £120,000 on this court case. He ended up being found guilty earlier this month of a, a court-martial retrial. Yesterday, sentenced to two years, suspended for 12 months and left with a legal bill of £200,000. They uh, they slammed his spurious defence and dismissed as absolute nonsense his claim he'd made a scapegoat. So he goes free... He's an SAS hero, but with his reputation in tatters. In tatters. It's, uh... Have we done the news? We haven't done... I thought we hadn't... I was looking at the clock thinking, have we done the news? All of a sudden I was so wrapped up with everything I was doing, I'd completely forgotten about it. So here it is. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, nine minutes to six is the time. This Sunday morning, in conversation, two completely different people. We couldn't have been, you know, further apart. There's no theatrical link at all with these two people. Uh, The first one is Les McEwen. Now, Les will ring more than a few bells with you as lead singer and heartthrob of the Bay City Rollers. He wrote uh, an extremely explosive autobiography uh, in which he talked about the early days, the abuse the sexual abuse which occurred, because fame comes at a price. And uh, with Les, the abuse helped edge him towards his well-documented problems with drink. Part of my uh, recovery was having to forgive him and forgive 
people who had done any wrong against me. So mm. I, I had to, I had to accept that that's just part of life and just get on with it, really, and just don't hold these things deep in my subconscious. Mm. This this hate for someone, it's an unnecessary drain on my resources, if you know what I mean. Yes. And so I ended up genuinely just forgiving him and. You know he's gone. He's gone. Fine. It all happened. It all happened. I don't. I don't hold any grudges against him or any of the guys in the band. Did you see it as people taking advantage of you at the time because you were young and naive, or did you think it was uh, they were just dirty old men? Uh, well, probably both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I understand it all because I'm a grown man myself, so I can understand mm. those different kind of. Uh, passions, urges, or whatever you want to call them. So there's just some people go about it in uh, a responsible adult way, and some people mm. manipulate people in order to uh, use and abuse them, you know what I mean? And yeah. So Tom Payton falls into the category of being a, what we would call a beast. It's an interesting interview. The Bay City Rollers, Les McEwen's Bay City Rollers, are going back on tour, and uh, he's done nothing but tour, but it's a, it's a very revealing interview of an adult nature. That'll be this Sunday morning. Uh, you can hear the rest of that interview. Along with my next guest, the wonderful Robson Green, who is all at sea, as his TV career enables him to explore his love of fishing. But as you'll hear now, he's grateful for his opportunities as he stays loyal to his roots. I think that comes out of my, uh, my upbringing and dad working down a black hole for most of his life, mum holding down two jobs. He was a pitman. Yeah, he was a pitman. He was a miner. And, um, you know, that's work. You know, my yes. dad, dad, dad said, you know, work is a word that's not meant to be enjoyed. That is why you call it work. He never wanted me, me brother, go down the mind. He said, find a job you love and you'll never have to work again in your life. Yeah. So out of respect for him, you know, I, I, I've taken this opportunity to go on this extraordinary odyssey, this extraordinary yeah. adventure. And again, never lose sight of the privilege and the, and the honour of it. And so kind of out of respect for, for him and, and others like him, why wouldn't I want to do something like that? And, and try and make it entertaining. And, and yeah. I get paid for it. And that's the nice thing. And we've often said, and he's, that's the second time that we've done Robson Green for an In Conversation. And each time, he's just charming. There's no airs, no graces. Mind you, there wasn't with, with... I don't think any of the guests... Well, we're not having Bruce Willis, but that's a fact. But uh, I don't think any of the guests we've ever had airs and graces. But people just don't behave like that. They're coming in to do a job. We all do it. And you can hear both Robson Green, whose Extreme Fishing book is uh, out now, and Les McEwen talking honestly about the Bay City Rollers and the days of, of touring. And the other side of it, the drink and the drugs. And uh, he's got a wife now. And, uh, and a son as well. And he's off touring again very shortly. So details of that on Sunday morning. And Robson Green just being honest and, in fact, being quite emotional about his, his dad. Very emotional about his dad. We, we can both talk with some authority on, on, on losing people. So that's Sunday morning, LBC 97.3, in conversation with Steve Allen. And this week, Les McEwen and Robson Green. Five to six is the time. Uh, for the gadget giveaway today, you're, you're going for the Google Nexus 7 tablet. The Google Nexus 7 tablet. I can only describe it as an Android alternative to the iPad. Have a look at it. It does all the same things. It does everything. Put your music on it. Do whatever you want with it. You get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning, provided you know the answer to this question. So here is today's quite difficult question. Yesterday's uh, was easy, I thought. Uh, this one here today is... What is the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern dish falafel? What is the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern dish falafel? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. 
So what's the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern dish falafel? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. It's a nice prize, the Google Nexus 7 tablet. So it's, it's well worth going for. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Facebook should have a limit, a limit on times you can update your relationship status. After three, it should default to unstable, sectioned or delusional. I don't know. I'm not on Facebook, so I've got no idea what you're talking about. It doesn't mean a thing to me, Kelly, I'm afraid, Facebook. I've seen people on it, but uh, I'm not. Uh, I normally listen on podcast. Uh, David, I think, is uh, in, uh, in America. I hope it's not too hot in the UK. No, luckily we're going through an ice age at the moment. Coming back here, it's uh, very, very cold. You'll absolutely love it. <laughs> you can always say that to people. If they're in America, they'll believe anything. <laughs> anything you say about the uh, the weather. Um, Andrew says, uh, LBC 40 this year. That makes it older than you. Of course. Of course. Disgraceful, isn't it? More on uh, Engelbert Humperdinck and all the, uh, all the little gossip columns have done this bit that they obviously asked Tom Jones... Um, to appear on Engelbert's new album. He's got Smokey Robinson and lo- loads of other people, but Tom Jones has decided not to appear on it. Uh, Engelbert Humperdinck's son, Scott Dorsey, said, I think Tom is scared to sing in the same room as my father in case he sounds better than him. <laughs> I think it's highly likely. Highly likely. Very interesting, isn't it? When you think There's, there's obviously rivalry, even, even within the music business. You'd think that people who grew up together, and they both had the same manager. In fact, I think it, there were three of them. I think Engelbert Humperdinck... Tom Jones and Gilbert O'Sullivan all had the same manager. I'm pretty certain, pretty certain. The some bloke here lived in Bristol, and his favourite record was uh, Candle in the Wind. Goodbye, Norma Jean, now I never knew you were... And uh, he blasted it out every day, 18 hours. 18 hours a day. Well, after a while, after twice, it would drive you crackers. And he kept going. And uh, it just went on and on and on. Jamie Smith, described by a neighbour as a nightmare, made their lives hell for two years by blasting out the track as late as 5am. He also played other numbers by Elton John. Anyway, he's now been fined £2,000. Neighbours have been very distressed. Well, why did they get rid of it? This has gone on for how long? For two years, and it's taken them that long. I'd have gone round there and sorted him out within seconds. Within seconds. Anyway, he's been fined £1,000, £800 costs and a £15 victim surcharge. Uh, they took him to court. Millie Vanilli. They were exposed in the papers that they were just uh, a couple of front men for, for a session singer thing. They never sang anything at all, Millie Vanilli. Had he pumping out? I, wouldn't, I couldn't even sing any of their stuff. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And I do love the picture and they always look very cute, but they never survive too long, I'm afraid. And it's a, a duck called Petunia. The reason they've called the duck Petunia is because she made her nest in a hanging basket and she had eight newly born ducklings. But now they've been found a permanent home on the nearby River Trent up in Nottinghamshire, which is lovely. And who is our greatest rock star? Apparently it's Mick Jagger. Never used to be, but apparently now it's Mick Jagger. Sir Mick at 70, an extraordinary life. He looks 70. He looks like an old man, though, doesn't he? He's 70 years old. He's never put on any weight. He seems to have boundless energy. And he, ladies and gentlemen, is our greatest rock star. It's LBC 97.3. News at 6 is next. 
LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, Christmas cards are in the shops in Hemel Hempstead. Well, they're all doing it on the... T- it gets earlier and earlier. It is, it is July, isn't it? Yeah, it's July. And apparently, we have Christmas shows on the television. Uh, they've been doing, you know, for those people who sadly want to make their own Christmas cards. To be honest with you, it's cheaper to go and buy a box set from any one of a number of, uh, of outlets. Uh, why people want to make their own cards. They spend hours labouring over putting Christmas cards together. Somebody would go, oh, look, from Auntie Rini, and put it on the side, and that's it. They don't go, oh, look, she spent a lot of time making it. I think we underestimate how long it takes to look at a, at a Christmas card. Malcolm says, did I read that Bob Holness played James Bond on the radio? He did in Australia, yes. It's well documented. And, uh, and then poor old Kate in Epsom, quite clearly the wrong end of Epsom, thinks that driving a Bentley could be seen as pretentious as using a monocle. She's only got a panda. That's an animal as opposed to a car, unfortunately. Poor soul. Best quiz show, says Kevin the Milkman. University challenge. Quickfire questions. And if you get a question that the contestants can't answer, you feel like a genius. I know. Isn't it funny that on, on things like university challenge, they're so intelligent that when you ask them something really basic, they've got no idea. And they all look, I can't believe it. Just do that one. It's unbelievable. What is an orange? It's a fruit. I can't believe it. Because <laughs> some of the questions I've got no idea. I don't even understand the question, let alone the answer. Um... Steve, Mick Jagger, our greatest rock star, says who? Uh, the papers. The papers say he's our... Well, we haven't got anybody else. Who else would be our greatest rock star in this country? I don't know. can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I can't stand the Rolling Stones. Um, I, think they're, I think they're actually quite well known. Aren't they? They've done OK. They've had a few little hits. I see a red door and I want it painted black. Which is very good. I love the idea that this, uh, this suspected armed robber wielding a so-called machine gun, it looked like a, an AK-47, uh, fled. He was down uh, through drinkers. He dashed through this uh, drinkers in the yard of a historic pub by London Bridge. Minutes later, he was wrestled to the ground. I mean, to be honest with you, the last place you're going to go if you're a particularly stupid robber is through a, a pub garden with people because there's going to be something. Grab him! Get him down! They got him down and uh, he's been handcuffed and everything else. I mean, how stupid is he? How stupid is he? Darren Byrne, a deputy news editor at ITV, says, man with a gun that looked like an AK-47, run through men chasing him, shouting, get down, he's got a gun. Well, they brought him down, and then all the police officers were standing around. One, two, three, four, five, seven of them, seven police officers. It took to stand, but they've got him handcuffed to a thing. He can't go anywhere, and uh, he'll be appearing in court, I should imagine. He was trying to rob Barclays Bank in Borough High Street. He threatened the staff and then demanded money, and then was brought down by a load of people drinking outside a pub. It's amazing, isn't it? I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Do you know, if, if you have young love, does it last? Apparently it does. They've, uh, fewer people are now marrying their childhood sweethearts, according to new research. They've met happily wed couples bucking the trend. People like uh, Jamie Oliver and Jules uh, Norton, Theo Walcott and Melanie Slade, John Bon Jovi and uh, Dorothea Hurley, Bono and Ali Stewart... Uh, Jessica Ennis and Andy Hill, Wayne Rooney and Colleen. Yeah, they've been together, but, I mean, he's been off with other people, hasn't he, as we well know, and it's been well documented. So I don't really... Th- I d- if you've cheated, I don't think you can actually class it as a marriage anymore. I think it's just an arrangement. I think it's just an arrangement. And the con men who are dressing as women to rip off the elderly. And uh, there's pictures of them. I mean, th- it won't take long for people to find them, so they're going... In- it's like we've had people in full burkas, haven't we, robbing jewellers. I told you the story of... A jeweller in, 
can't tell you where it is actually now. But anyway, uh, let's just say sufficient enough that uh, to get into this jeweller's, you go up some stairs and he's got a little workshop up there and he's got lots of diamonds and he makes it for a lot of famous people. He makes commissioned pieces and uh, you can't just open the door. He has to buzz you in. And so he was in there. This is a couple of years ago, 18 months ago, something like that. And this couple came up the stairs and it's a man and a woman in a burqa, a full burqa. And in this particular area, seeing somebody in a full burqa is a bit of a surprise because you just don't see people in full burqas. And so they try the door and they can't open the, the door. And uh, they go, we want to come in and buy some jewellery, says this bloke. And so the jeweller through the intercom says, I'm sorry, it's by appointment only. No, we're here to spend money now. He said, no, no, no. He said, um, he said it's only appointment only. Thank you. So, of course, they can't, do it. they can't open the door because it's got the electronic lock on it. And he's not opening the door to them because he doesn't have an appointment with them. And he doesn't know who they are. And also, it looked a bit suspicious. There's a tall bloke and then there's a bloke in a burqa. And so they go, we, we, we want to buy lots of jewellery. And he said, sorry, appointment only. And that was it. So anyway, they go back down the stairs. And as they go back down the stairs, he's got, he's got a microphone on the stairs. And he hears, he hears the, uh, the lady in the burqa going, what do we do now then? And they had to go outside and apparently two black guys get into a Mini and drive off because one of his friends came up and said, he said, I've just seen a bloke wearing a burqa getting into a Mini round the back of the shop. He said, I've just refused them access in here. So obviously there's a lot of this cross-dressing going on now with sort of bank robbers. People going out there hoping they're not going to be recognised. Uh, unfortunately, they are most of the time, which isn't particularly good news. But I only repeated that story because we'd actually been into this particular jeweller's to buy something. Uh, I was talking to a friend this week whose relatives have recently been to America... For the first time, excited at the prospect of shopping in New York and bringing back presents. In the event he didn't visit Bloomingdale's, Macy's or any of the usual places, he was delighted to find Costco and did his shopping there. As a fan of the store, I thought he might be interested. Uh, well, when we went to Vegas, we found out where the nearest Costco was and we headed there straight away. And it's huge over there in Vegas. Woo! Enormous. Just on the outskirts. You need a car. If you go to, to Vegas, rent a car. Because it's, it's well worth it. It's, and you can get out and see other places outside, which is always good news. Uh, David said, I listen to your show each morning. Uh, it's my 40th today, you poor soul. And I'm on High Hoban. Uh, he said, do I get a birthday wish? No, you don't. You should be dead. 40. No point sitting. What do you mean sitting outside a restaurant waiting for it to open? What are you, mad? It's ten past six in the morning. They're not going to be opening up any time soon, are they? Uh, Lynn says, a while ago, our neighbour would play thump-thump music really loud. My remedy, play a song. Oh, i got a song that'll get on your nose, get on your nose. Get... Actually, I, d- I did that once. I had a neighbour once, years ago, about 25 years ago. I was very young. And uh, renting flat. And, and I used to turn my speakers to face the wall so that they got it. And then, unfortunately, that didn't work at all because the walls were quite thick. But I've got, I had surround sound at the time. And I was watching Jurassic Park. And believe you me, when the surround sound kicked in, I thought this thing was coming through the wall. Because that's what it sounded like. It was very clever, actually. You're right about Robson Green. I've been watching his programme, Made in the North. It was brilliant and evident of how proud he is of his northern roots. He's ever such a nice guy. You'll hear him this Sunday on In Conversation on LBC 97.3, together with Les McEwen from the Bay City Rollers. Very, very, very interesting interview. Uh, Other stories of the paper today... Uh, Liam Gallagher hinted that the marriage is over because he's taken his ring off. Apparently Big Brother is still going on. Not that anybody cares about it anymore. There's a bunch of stupid people. David Beckham has taken his shirt off to launch yet another perfume. So it's rent a Beckham again. Uh, Phil Jupiter's has slammed the BBC, making him play Coldplay records on, uh, on some show he does. He says, I don't see the point of them hiring me if they were just going to give me a list of records to play. 
I totally agree. But that's how it works on most radio stations. You know, if you allowed your own choice of music, you know, I'd be playing songs from the movies and The Sound of Music. Sort of coupled with a few ABBA tracks, I should imagine. <laughs> but no, you can, you can never do that. It doesn't work on any radio station. They have a music policy, whether it's here or whether it's there or on the moon. They've got a music policy and you stick to the music policy. It's the only way to do it, I'm afraid. Uh, here's Jay McGuinness. He was drunk as a skunk on a night out. I suppose, well, that's the trouble with the wanted, isn't it? They, they go out, they have drinks, the same as everybody else. But uh, he was celebrating his birthday, how old? 23rd. 23rd, but good God, honestly. But uh, also, the I'm a Celebrity Babe, Ashley Roberts. God, she's not talking, uh, sort of hawking her little carcass around town, is she? And somebody called Laura Whitmore. Who's she? Laura Whitmore? TV, I've never even heard of her. Who is she? TV presenter? She looks well the worse for wear, I'm afraid. And Ashley Roberts, I suppose, better to hang around over here. No work in America, is there, for you. But Laura Whitmore, I've never even heard of her. Is she somebody particularly... Has she done any sort of high-profile programmes that I must have I must have missed? She's a present... I've never even heard of her. She was born in... Uh, oh, she's... Hi, year. She's County Wicklow. She's got two half-brothers. It's a shame when you can't get the full-size ones, isn't it, really? You just get sort of the two half-size. And uh, she worked as a researcher uh, on a radio programme. And, uh, and then she obviously decided... Oh, she's launched a self-branded clothing range. She's done... No, well, she's done, actually. But she's a, she's a TV presenter on British television, MTV... Oh, she's on MTV. She's nobody. Nobody. MTV Europe. Ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, they put anybody down as TV presenters now, don't they? They go, oh, I'm a TV... Where'd you work, dear? MTV Europe. Sorry? Bid TV? Sorry? Jewellery Channel? What? Gems TV? Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Don't go any lower than that. Quarter past six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Here's some advice for the producer. There's a man here who's lost a load of weight, lost nine stone, lost nine stone because he gave up bread. Apparently, and there's a little hint for you there next door. I'm just sort of, you know, I'm not, not saying in any way, shape or form you are overweight, but I'm just saying you could, you could have a trim figure like mine if you just gave up the bread. Nine stone he's lost. Because he used to eat how many slices of bread a week? Seventy. That does seem an excessive amount of bread. That's that's that must be that's gotta be a loaf a day, hasn't it? But actually when you think about it, a loaf a day is not that not that bad, really. Is it not oh punted it. I don't know. A loaf a day. I mean I had the other in fact actually I felt so awful this morning because I went out yesterday and I'm standing in the queue at Marks and Spencer's and I've got my six little bottles of water and I've got my battered prawns and I'm standing there and I'm right next to the to the bread. And they do like a roulade of, of bread rolls. And I looked at them, and some of them have got caraway seed on the top, and I thought, perhaps I'll just buy those, and I'll have those with some cheese or some, or some beef or something like that. And so I bought them, and I went home, and, and, I, and, I, and I had a couple of them. And then I felt so guilty this morning, I threw them out. But I know damn well I'm going to go in, because there's something addictive about British bread. It's rubbish. Most of it is rubbish, unless you get specialist bread. But it's so addictive. But this man has lost so much weight. He said, I used to... Oh, see, look, he loves the same as me. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. But he's doing it with the other one that we recommended for you, which is the peanut butter and Marmite. Have you ever tried that together? I recommend it for you. Peanut butter and Marmite, because it's, it's, you know, it's interesting. And he says, I'd be eating ten slices for my breakfast alone. 
Small wonder you were fat. I mean, he, he looked, he's unrecognisable, actually. He said, I was fat, sweaty and unhealthy. They are. Let that be a lesson to you, ladies and gentlemen. Fat, sweaty and unhealthy if you eat ten slices a day. Peanut butter and Marmite sandwiches. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds delicious. Although, strange enough, the, the picture they've got here doesn't look like that. It looks like cheese or anything. I suppose because it's just a posed picture for the newspaper. But peanut butter and and uh, and Marmite. We've mentioned it on the show before, and I, I quite fancy the idea of having it. But, I mean, it, deep in my heart of hearts, I couldn't quite justify it. But a sandwich now would be delicious. Or t- what was it that uh, Elvis Presley used to like? Was it toasted banana sandwiches? They would make a banana sandwich and then they would deep fry it. That sounded that sounded like a heart attack waiting to happen, I'm afraid. Um, Wasim is in Pinner. Apparently about to fall out of his car, but that's alcohol abuse for you first thing in the morning. Uh, 84850, steve at You've only got ten minutes left to get your uh, entry in for the gadget competition for today. Uh, your chance to win, as I say, the Google Nexus 7 tablet, which is absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. The more I keep looking at this this picture of this bloke who's lost all the weight, the more I keep thinking that I'd, I'd forgot just how fattening bread is. So perhaps I should uh, definitely not go for it. Here's the sponger, Simon Wright, who I mentioned earlier on today. He pleaded for handouts with the homeless and hungry, but in fact he was neither. He's a thief, he's a con man, he's a cheat, he's robbed people in the street in Putney. He was pictured uh, begging there. And he was given an ASBO. In fact, he was caught begging outside a nightclub in Leicester Square. I thought I'd seen him before. He's outside the nightclub outside the front row. I wondered who he was. His scam originally came to light after he was caught in Putney. So then he moved and he was, he's been banned from scrounging on London streets. He can't stop it. He then goes back to his council house, council flat in Posh Fulham. It's a very smart flat. And uh, he's been released on unconditional bail. But uh, he will be sentenced at a later date. Uh... Apparently, the simple reason is he doesn't have enough benefit money to cover him for his daily expenses. Really? So he has to go begging, does he? Why doesn't he get a job like most people? I'm sick to death of um, of defence lawyers and barristers going out there saying, oh, he doesn't have enough here, so he has to go begging. Well, you know, why doesn't he go and get a job? Why doesn't he sort of do something that, you know, makes him a responsible citizen? Throw him in prison, as far as I'm concerned. Leave him there. Be the best thing for him. Uh, 84850, uk. When visiting Southend Town, look out for Salvo the Clown. Oh, that almost sounds a little bit worrying, doesn't it, really? Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. A Kalashnikov is an assault rifle, not a machine gun. No, it's an, no, it's an assault rifle, I know that. I'm well aware of what it is. Uh, here's the male model, suspected of stabbing a fellow Brit to death. And uh, whatever it is, it's pretty nasty. Pretty nasty out there in Crete. But they don't mess around. As far as I'm concerned, if anybody is found guilty of a crime that you commit whilst you're in another country, as far as I'm concerned, you should throw them in prison and leave them there to rot. None of this intervention by the foreign office, as I said yesterday. Uh, An anti-binge drinking campaigner was left red-faced after his daughter was caught uh, driving the wrong way up a busy motorway. Dad of eight, Dr Stefan Jankulovic. His leading calls for a minimum booze price. But yesterday, he spoke of his regret after his drunk daughter, Stephanie, was three times over the limit. It's always the way, isn't it? Do you remember, years and years ago, the chief constable of Greater Manchester was having this tirade against uh, gays, and it turned out his daughter was a lesbian. He managed to keep that one fairly quiet at the time. Anyway, this teacher was driving the wrong way up the hard shoulder of the M55 towards Blackpool. Her father... Stefan is head of substance misuse for the Royal College of GPs in North West England. 
Uh, he said it was absolutely abhorrent on her part, and I regret it. She regrets it. Why would you regret it? What's it got to do with you that your daughters are drunk? It's your own fault, isn't it, really, I suppose, that, you know, whatever she does is not your business. She drunk wine and cocktails before heading to Liverpool. She admitted dangerous driving and drink drive was given a six-month suspended sentence and banned for two years. Why not banned for life? Why can't we have banned for life? If you're over a certain limit, banned for life? You don't want people like this on the road. It won't make any difference. I should imagine if she carries on drink driving, she'll probably carry on driving without insurance as well. It doesn't seem to make any difference to some people. They don't care about these sort of things. They don't, they don't seem to care about you on the road. That's what worries me. It's not, it's not a question of them. I couldn't, I couldn't care less about them. I'm not remotely bothered. They want to kill themselves. That's their problem. As long as it doesn't affect... Oh, good Lord above. Sorry, more, a whole page now of pictures of Kylie Minogue's bottom, which has been taken. The trouble is she looks a bit like Helen Flanagan from the back, but there again, most people do look like Helen Flanagan. Um, I watched much of the, <coughs> excuse me, of the royal ba- baby stuff, and not once I hear the Duke of Edinburgh's name mentioned. Why would you expect his name to be? It's not his baby. Why would you expect him to be mentioned? They're taking the baby up to Balmoral tomorrow. Carol says Marmite and marmalade, delicious. Yeah, but you're in Clacton. Um, I love the idea, Marmite and marmalade. I don't think so. And Davina McCall is set to uh, waltz back onto Saturday night primetime as host of ITV's Answer to Strictly. Why can't they come up with something original? You know, they go, ITV's answered us strictly. Well, we've already got strictly. Why do you want another version of it? Really, you don't, do you? It's likely to be called Let's Dance or Stepping Out. I thought there was a show called Stepping Out. Mum of three, Davina, who's fronted the satellite show since 2009. This is on Sky One called Gotta Dance. Um, is hoping that this show will feature professionals teaching celebs and their other halves to dance. Oh, God, how dull. In other words, exactly the same dreary celebrities we've seen before. There's a limit. I mean, who are we going to drag up this time for it? We're going to drag up somebody who can't dance and they're going to be the buffoon like the Anne Whittacombs or the John Sargents. Is, is, is that what it's going to come down to? Apparently, guess who's been signed up already? Denise Dreary Welsh and her boring old husband. And um, Denise Barber and Michael Brandon. They say it's a cross between Strictly Come Dancing and Mr and Mrs. Oh, God. Sounds ghastly even before we've started. And uh, Corey Bosses have stood by Michael Lavelle since he was charged with these offences, insisting he was innocent until proven otherwise, which is how the system is in this country. And apparently they've offered him a full contract if he's cleared of the allegations in September. Well, I think it goes on trial. So they've offered a full contract. But, I mean, you would expect that, wouldn't you? You would expect that to happen. And then the Archbishop of Canterbury has vowed to compete payday loans from Wonga out of business. But, of course, it turns out now the church is well associated with Wonga, but nobody told him, I'm afraid. So they've had to start eating humble pie, going, well, I don't know, that one happens. Why don't they check things before they sort of open their mouths and make themselves look quite ridiculous, I'm afraid? And the church, out of all people, yes, we're going to put Wonga out of business. But wait a minute, you're doing business with Wonga already, are we? Yep, you really are. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry. Here's Boris Johnson, and uh, made for Boris. It's big, it's blue, and it's a cockerel. And it's sitting on a stand down at Trafalgar Square. I can't wait to see it later on, actually. I forgot to look at it. Well, I didn't come around that way today. The two nurses struck off the bullying racist nurses. Here they are. Tracy White and Sharon Turner, who falsified A&E waiting times, bullied colleagues, used vile language about patients, and lots of people died of neglect. A nasty pair. Nasty, nasty pair. hope their family is suitably uh, impressed today, seeing mummy or wife pictured in the uh, papers today. I mean, some of them here... Some of the things that they, they're alleged to have said to people, absolutely disgusting, absolutely disgusting. Listen, just about it this morning. Got to go, got to go, got to go. Uh, you've got literally about a minute and a half to get your entry in for the competition today to get yourself the
The Google Nexus 7 tablet. Peter Griffiths got a lovely prize yesterday. Uh, it could be you that wins the prize today. The Google Nexus 7 tablet can be yours if you know the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern dish, falafel. Text the word gadget, follow by the answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So what is the main ingredient in the Middle Eastern dish, falafel? Text gadget... Follow by the answer and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Listen, have a great weekend. Tomorrow there's going to be rain. Today, I think, is uh, is reasonably OK. It's going to be hot and humid later on today. It's a bit bit icky, I'm afraid. Uh, whatever you're doing, enjoy yourself. Don't forget the Euro Millions tonight. They're trying to create 100 millionaires because they're doing a raffle ticket with each one. So 100 people will win a million pounds tonight. It'd be a nice surprise for you tomorrow, wouldn't it? If you were one of those people, you can enter more of my competitions on LBC. I'm back with you Sunday morning. With the best of Steve Allen, and then in conversation, Les McEwen, Robson Green this week. Ian Dale, his uh, last time in for Nick Ferrari. He'll be here just after the news at 7 o'clock. Coming up next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Lisa Aziz.